0: speaking uh, of seth McFarlane, you know what i just realized uh obviously God. dick pope uh a long time collaborator with mike lee and uh the, and when he announced the oscars like the dick, dick poof thing. thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the year uh, he hosted but it was obviously for uh, mr turner not this one so, yeah but wait was he 2015
1: McFarlane?
2: i think <sighs> it- I know that that announcement, like those things, are always so separate in my mind. I'm pretty sure that announcement, it's Cheryl Boone Isaacs, obviously, because she does the dick poop. But um, it's, I think, it's Chris Pine with her in that announcement, who doesn't break when she is standing right next to the man and says "dick poop," stone faced. He doesn't crack a smile. He's a
1: professional. He's a professional.
0: welcome to exiting through the 2010s a podcast about the movies from the 2010s i'm jack draper with me invited to our barbecue it's Clay Williams.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> are we gonna end this episode like every mike lee movie just like drinking tea on a concrete garden with our foldable <laughs> chairs <laughs> yeah i think that'd be appropriate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you guys like tea i've never really
1: not nah. sure
0: yeah Nah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to inhabit David Bradley's role for the entirety <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> just one word answers. Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> Did you guys know I was doing that? Or were you just thinking I was
2: yeah. just being weird?
0: I, I, it, it dawned on me. I, it took a moment. But, yeah, well,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the explanation helps.
1: Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, I, I, you know, I, yeah. Worth yeah. a shot. You need to like be <laughs> in such soulful pain and, and like you know just Is wear a heart he, on your has sleeve he, to signify
1: you have looked 90 him. years old for 20 years yeah i was gonna, gonna say the
2: problem years. here might be like you don't have grand canyon or like you know uh uh of uh, earth formation size uh <laughs> right. you know show of wear and worn on your face
0: yeah it, it reminds me that reminds me of when um uh, David Sims called uh, Ed Harris and the Lost Daughter like a New Hampshire mountain phase or something.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but Just I, the sexiest view of New Hampshire in and that, that rolled,
0: movie. That rolled up a down shirt. You know, so.
1: do, do you guys want to guess how old David Bradley was when he filmed this?
2: 17. <laughs>
1: Fuck, you're right. The man
2: has just always looked like that.
1: He is the Max <laughs> Foncita of his generation. He just graduated <laughs> high school, right? And, uh, yeah. Jack, do you want to guess?
0: Um, uh, at 24.
1: Right, okay. He was 68, and he looks so much older than 68.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel as though um, it's interesting that with um, – broadbent and spall they're both in life and sweet which is like 20 years prior to this and with that you see how young they are and it takes you a minute to realize like it's them but it's like you're so there are someone else there you're so used to their older age roles and i feel like bradley is
1: just the complete opposite right Mm i i need a convention well i guess max foncieros are dead so that's not going to help but Mm -hmm. i think ian mcdermott David Bradley, like all the old, old guys who are not that old need to Mm -hmm. just do something together. There's somebody else major that we're forgetting.
2: I mean, definitely older, but treasure him while he's here. But I feel like McCullen has been conceivably 60 to 80 years old for 40 years.
1: Right. God. At that... If you're I guess that I think that only helps you if you're an actor. I don't think that helps you in any other profession.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like I, I remember seeing um it during the pandemic uh which is a Beastwick and Richard Jenkins has a small role in it and he's like mm-hmm. like it's it's like your brain starts to break down cuz like you're starts that's another melody. person in, yeah.
2: Cuz he's like, been perpetually 45 for a while yeah. and now he's like perpetually 55.
0: <laughs> he's like
1: 80s.
2: In real life? Is Richard Jenkins, his,
1: his Jenkins in his no, 80s? He's in 80s? No. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, well, we, I mean we you could be
0: right. This,
1: I, I think, yes. 80s <laughs> sounds crazy, though.
0: I just remember him being... Maybe was, I'm confusing him from the 2018 Oscar season, but I feel like someone mentioned somebody... Who You're not
2: like
1: that off! Acting. He's like 75.
2: You're not that wow. off. Wow! Wow. I mean that makes sense because Witches of Eastwick is thirty five years old. Mm-hmm. It's like so he would have been forty filming that movie.
0: Eighty
1: seven. Yeah. Huh.
2: Wild. Yeah, I, yeah I think
1: all the old young dudes just need to get in a room and just talk about how fucking old old and young they are. I don't know, just yeah. like yeah, like their perception in film. Like, well, yeah, I would actually be like curious, like their cat like how have they do they feel like they've been typecasted does that give them more freedom do they like Mm -hmm. having to be like this like they could their most famous roles coming on later in
0: life yeah
1: right Ooh, i would actually be interested in like a maybe you you should organize this what what what, who are the the people who do the round tables holly is it uh, the Hollywood reporter yeah yeah Yeah. yeah.
2: variety started doing um yeah and now it's pretty much just um, actors on actors. I
0: would like. I was just going to mention actors on actors, yeah. which is pretty fun. Or some of them can be boring, but it's funny that you bring up the THR roundtables. Of course, like everyone's favorite GIF for reactions is Mike Lee, like looking bored as hell to like, uh, uh who is it, Tom Hooper, talking at, at like the Probably. best director nominees or. You know, I remember Christopher Nolan is there because it like, pans and, like, you see Chris Nolan for a minute. And then, like, it's it's <laughs> fantastic. I love hearing Mike Lee in interviews. He's just, like, you know, he's also 80s, I, I think, and just tired. And, you know, he's, he's he doesn't come off as overly grumpy a lot of the time. More as though he's just, he just likes to talk about his movies. And, you know, just when he doesn't get to talk about
1: his movies, he's just a little bored. You know? Yeah. yeah. There's always that less one patience directory. for
2: other people's process. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. There's always that one director in that round table where it feels like at, at one point they all want just to just, like, look, yeah. look at them and be like, why are you here? Like, whether <laughs> it's like Peter Farley or Tom Hooper, it's just like, you're what, you really here talking with us. And like Todd <laughs> Phillips is like with Martin Scorsese. he's like, why, why are you
0: here, oh bro? Yeah. It's like the one. I hour. Leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there is this one interview I saw, and someone asked ax- asked um, uh, Mike Lee about uh, Avatar, and which is you know it's it's a little <laughs> weird to realize because it was like it came out the previous year, and it's like still such a mega hit. Um, but it's like James Cameron and Mike Lee are like so vastly d- different, and it's like um, like their processes can't be more dissimilar, and you know.
1: Wait, Mike Lee isn't one of the top fifty scuba divers in the world. Is that <laughs> not <be> fascinating? Yeah.
2: <laughs> we have, however, been uh, perpetually told that another Mike Lee movie was coming, uh, and it just keeps getting pushed back. It would be nice if we were cursed with a cursed scare quotes with a Mike Lee movie every Christmas. Um, for the next decade or whatever, uh, I say that loving the avatar, uh, phenomenon. <laughs> um,
1: you are wearing Navi makeup as we speak right now, that is, that yes,
2: is yes. Talking. Well, so was Mike Lee when he was talking about avatar. <laughs> Mike Lee famously loves avatar,
1: it's really just called the Untitled Mike Lee Project. There's no cast, yeah. Well, I thing. think
2: it. He's had... I mean, he talks about this. He's had funding issues in the past, but now he, like, has funding issues. I think he was set up at Bleecker Street for a while that they were gonna, you know, do his next movie. That didn't happen. I think he tried to work through Netflix. Obviously didn't happen, and by the sounds of it, definitely won't now. Um, So it's interesting. And it's especially interesting because watching Another Year it's one of those movies where um, it, it, the first two and a half minutes of it are all these different small European financing companies. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, just, we here in America don't have an ecosystem like that, right? It's pretty much all, like, there. there is, like, foreign financing and such, you know. It, talking about it is going to make me sound stupid. So <laughs> I'll, I'll just say, uh, you know, there's a lot of different, Kinds of funding. There's a lot of like national funds over in Europe too. So it's interesting that when he's made a lot of these movies that have gotten that type of financing, that he still is struggling so hard that like he can't get that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And, and you know, who's ready to if get Oscar asking. nomination?
0: I, you know, I, I know that in this one, another year, is uh, um, relatively pretty small. Um, uh, compared to Peter Liu and then Mr. Turner, which are like these grand period pieces. Like this one only cost 8 mil, but um, yeah, you know, it's, mean, it's interesting. Like people will still see his movies. He'll still get Oscar nominations. Um, you can see something like Bleecker Street, like you mentioned, or ISC. Yeah. So like, can, ISC can, can't
1: throw 8 mil his way. Yeah. I,
0: do
2: I don't think they just, really finance things. I think they no, just no, that's distribute. Right, they distribute.
0: Yeah, that's right. I am. Uh, I'll But you know, I, yeah, Mike, Seems to be somebody who isn't, uh, he doesn't, he never came off as a perfectionist to me. He just seems like who's someone who's very process oriented and just does his thing. Um, and I think people know what to expect of him at this point,
1: but yeah, I mean, I, I, so I, I have to be upfront here. This is my first ever Mike Lee film. I have not seen oh, a, are you Mike Lee now,
0: film. or is that?
1: What's oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know if I'm like the moment this ends, I'm gonna watch like five Mike Lee films. But I no, I mean, I'm mm. in. I, I it was great. I loved it. But I I I don't. I want to make sure that I don't come off as like I don't really know anything about Mike Lee, even though oh, I've okay. heard the name so much. <laughs> I've heard the name so much throughout. You know, just because yeah. like Twitter or whatever, and every like new piece he does or like every new interview, it's like Mike Lee said this or that or whatever, mm. and I'm just like. I don't. You just kind of roll the punches. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes get him confused with Mike Mills. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Not like just because of just from just the mics.
2: The mics. Kind of yeah. The, Mikes. yeah they um... the
1: same thing
0: in my head. <laughs> Well, one's American, one's British. You know, one.
2: You don't confuse him with Mike Nichols. He's dead. <laughs> you um... can't
0: confuse him with Michael Moore. You know, that's yeah, very different.
2: Very, very, very particular kind of movies.
0: I mean, like, the Mike Lee
2: thing. Mike
0: White, he does his own thing, too. Yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mike Lee's uh, The White Lotus would be uh, uh, much more dry. Um, Mike Lee's Enlightened, yeah. I mean, can you imagine Mike Lee doing a mini series? Because the whole thing about his process is there's a whole rehearsal period, they build the characters, and, you know, he'll create a movie kind of around that. And he does experiment even within that process, like the whole uh like, famously, the Vera Drake thing is apparently Imelda Staunton didn't know that those guards were going to come in in that scene. So the, the reaction scene, you, know, you see on her face is happen. just, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The, the family is wrapped into it in the moment. It's, it, you know, he doesn't, traditionally, he doesn't have a script. That it's more the outline of the scene is uh, narrowed down. And the actors are basically imagining the lines of their characters, not Mike. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, with, with here, like, uh, there's an interview with Lin- Leslie Manville that I was listening to where she said the barbecue scene is literally them improvising that barbecue with, with Mary coming in and crashing the car. She notices the baby. She's looking up and down at Tom and Jerry. And then like, you know, it's, it's this whole thing. And, um, I just think it, it just brings out so much in the actors and it, it really feels as though the actors own their characters aside from Mike, who you would think the writer, the writer director has, ownership of uh, the characters not right so the actors right mm-hmm. yeah. but before i feel like we're we really want to get into this oh, yeah, of yeah. Life, but i was curious if we would like to start with really a quick what have we been watching recently
1: i want to go i want to absolutely go. i want to go um so <laughs> i had a weird day yesterday so i had to watch the fog of war for uh, my history class to robert mcnamara errol morris uh...
0: i love errol morris yeah i that one's a bland spot for me uh Florida is like a super interesting documentary about small town florida and just if, that one's like 80 minutes that one, i recommend that to anybody
1: well so i so i watched fog of war a very upsetting movie i mean great but it's very like there is a moment in the film where they describe like the fire bombings of japan and i had to like pause it and start and like sob for a minute and then go back to it because it was just it was all rough it, it's a rough one but it's really good um and then i got really high uh smoked some weed and then i watched uh another year uh so that was a fun it was a weird day i, I don't it was a weird double feature it was a weird vibe um but that was that was uh that was basically my day and the day before that i just that, a long a shower hour
3: afterwards
1: right right i also watched um the 1997 action movie drive with mark dukakas Brittany murphy Kajim hardison Brady? say it again
0: Brittany murphy's in that i think
1: yes she is and uh, yeah. that one treasure. Yeah. man she is not I, the one that
0: we can cover yeah
1: that's very different right but <laughs> Brittany murphy <laughs> In that movie, anytime she was on screen, I couldn't breathe. She is really <laughs> flirty in that movie, yeah. and it's hard. And you know, it's one of those things where I'm just like, okay, let's uh, I had to like take like, I and that, and that so was good. like late
0: 90s, right? So it's like height of her popularity, like she's right, like,
1: right, right. And... Um, but that movie fucking rules. It's on Tubi, um, mm. it's also on, I, I think I saw on Freebie, the new Amazon, yeah. <laughs> explain, explain <laughs> what is this. Well it's like it's like Tubi, it's the idea of like so it's like it's free at ad, yeah, basically. Yeah. But it's like a minute ad. So it's like, you know, Tubi uh, can go fucking okay, kind freeze of cool. right. ads but, they yeah, have. Sometimes three minutes, yeah. Right.
2: But <laughs> they're getting bad at better at where they place the ads because it used to be IMTB TV. Now it's freebie because they knew the right. dumb name to go with it. That's and true. I remember Remember, I watched Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer for the first (laughs) time on IMDb TV when the free ads will just come in whenever they feel like it. And when I tell you, the last movie you want to watch where ads just come and go where they please, it's Henry Portrait of a Serial
1: Killer. This, yeah, the ads are really well, because Drive is action fucking packed. I mean, it's all set pieces, like there's barely any downtime. So it was, the ads were surprisingly well placed for the most part. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's a great it's one of the best action awesome. movies I've seen in a while. I love it. Um, and I I had to, to watch, watch
0: Bewitched for blank check on IMDb TV, and it's just like I'm so bored. I'm like I can't <laughs> <laughs> with this movie and this, the ads. Like I just want this to stop.
1: <laughs> I also watched uh Interceptor, the new uh, action movie on Netflix. That's pretty good uh Ooh. surprisingly good politics for that kind of movie um it's very much like like direct-to-video action film uh it stars the woman who played dom's girlfriend for too fast and furious not letty but the one from i think brazil um so if that's selling you great if that's <laughs> not i don't know what to tell you uh, okay, listen.
0: A, we know you worked on the movie. You're supposed to promote right. it. You could just it's say that. Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's all right. I've been upfront. Yeah.
1: And the one movie I do want to talk about, that I also saw. I've been I, I've been watching movies for like the first time yeah. in a while. I, I, it's crazy. Um, Gamer, the Gerard Butler movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that You're I, back
0: with Jerry B. Episode two, <laughs> of talking to Jerry.
1: I'm yeah. I'm kind of now into Butler because I watched Law Abiding mm-hmm. Citizen like two weeks. You've ago, been right Butler right now. And I'm like. I think I'm gonna like watch more Butler stuff because he's he's a trash man and I like it. Um, him, him and like he's just pure trash and I, I love it. He's this dirty, dirty, scummy boy. Um, my god, stop it! <laughs> but this that movie's fucking nuts. It's so it's like what if first person shooters were like real? Like they take death row inmates and they control them to kill other death row inmates in like Call of Duty, basically. And what if you can. It's bizarre, and um, dude from Dexter, I always forget his name, uh, even though I love him. Uh, bu- bu- what's his name?
2: Michael C. Um, Hall.
1: Michael C. Hall, thank you. Uh, he plays like a. I, I don't even know. He doesn't. He plays this tech mogul who invites it, uh, invents it, but he doesn't. He doesn't. There's not a one for one comparison. He's not a. He's not a Zuckerberg. He's not a Musk because he has this like southern accent and is fucking nuts. He is bizarre in the movie. There's a dance number where he just starts dancing with all these controlled, with all these like uh, mind-controlled prisoners. It's, it's, it's a weird time. It's. I don't know if it's like great or anything. It's interesting, like ideas. It's, it's edited to shit. It's the same guys who make Crank. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's batshit. shit it's like high energy batshit. Yeah. um but the action's pretty well done it, you know it's michael baye sometimes with like the how over edited it is but like it all works with the chaos um they play with the game format interestingly it's has a thousand different themes it's trying to go for it's definitely something you could watch and be like well that was a movie um, have you seen anything else by the director I saw, when I was way too, well, not way too young, but, like, young where I can't really remember the movie anymore, I saw Crank. Um, and that's really it. Um, but besides that, no. I mean, they'd done also Ghost Rider, uh, Spirit of Vengeance, which yeah. I have also not seen. Um, and they did Crank 2. And, yeah. and then one of them, so it was a duo. And then one of them split off to make mom and dad the um oh, selma blair nicholas cage yeah. movie yeah yeah
4: yeah
1: yeah a movie i also have not seen but yeah that's yeah. like that's their yeah. thing yeah uh also one false move by Carl good false. good movie um to... fucking movie yeah
0: yeah thumbs up from all three of us so yeah. it's just i mean that i the entire package that. i miss
1: i miss paxton so yeah. much
0: we've talked about yeah. him twice and it's like we could talk about him for like so much more to Make it feel
1: that's what, that's uh, what have you watching?
2: guys done Frailty? Oh, we can't. That, yeah. uh, that, no, that's like 2004, so you wouldn't have done yeah. it. But yeah. I keep saying I want to rewatch Frailty because it. I, I remember. Frailty. I remember so little of it, other than it being good and scary as hell.
0: I saw Frailty when I was 15, when Paxton died, because it was the only Paxton movie on Netflix, and it scared me so much. <laughs> but yeah. I loved it. Um never seen anything like supernatural done that way it's like yeah it's, it's great
1: there's not much we can do with him for the decade i mean yeah. he was in two guns everyone's favorite film two guns i mean we've done the two 2014 oh,
0: no. movie season 20 uh right uh, and crawler and edge of tomorrow but yeah what else anything I- he's and, in
1: haywire oh he's yeah Haywire.
2: everyone is place. in haywire yeah
0: <laughs> yeah everyone yeah
2: Chris is in uh, Haywire. Um, he I, I was that. in Haywire. Got my side <laughs> card you, for Haywire. Haywire.
0: Loved you in Haywire, Chris.
2: Thank you. Yeah, you I appreciate. You it.
0: were you were a suit next to Antonio Banderas. I
2: was the wire.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you went hay. So
2: then, I, that was, I'm. I show up. I say hey.
1: Yeah, you know. Got what the I, title roll
0: yeah Soderbergh like pushed the camera into you and you said the real haywire is the friends we made along the way and yeah. you know so, I, I think you crushed it yeah.
1: and also the other movie he was in that came out in the decade The Circle
0: remember The oh, Circle that was his last movie
1: yeah not James
2: right. Ponsult's The Circle yeah The
1: Circle. Yeah. Bummer John Boyega Emma Taylor Watson Coltrane, Tom Beck. Hanks mm-hmm. Karen Gillen, Patton Oswalt sure you know okay. other other people
2: uh yeah. that's a movie what a last
1: movie yeah
0: geez.
1: wait is that his last movie i believe so. i mean you, you're, oh, looking you're probably up. right you it, like, it was 2017 I mean, yeah. yeah yeah no i think you're right oh my god that's rough there's never yeah. like i think we talked about this not so long ago but laugh last movies are rough because yeah. it's usually like uh, we were i think it's like our, we, we recently
0: um, done an upset and and you know like had the drop afterwards and it's like nobody really talks about the drop but everybody would like to think of enough said as his last one mm-hmm. well I should you know I should first say that we have Chris vile here thank you for being here
2: Hi everyone <laughs> thank you for having me
0: of course and I was thinking since we've both seen it by now we could talk about crimes of the future for a minute a lot much, oh, boy. much much to uh, cut open.
2: With that oh. <laughs> uh, a it's... movie that ends—spoiler alert—with Viggo Mortensen saying, "Finally, some good fucking food." Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, or are we? Or are we? Um, a lot to unpack. I feel mm-hmm. like I can't say anything intelligent about the movie until I see it again. Really, unsurprising to me that his first movie back after this long break where he couldn't also couldn't get financing for things had things almost start like with netflix that would fall apart um or not really fall apart he said the netflix thing was kind of like they didn't go along with it very long but they he described it as a positive experience um unsurprising that it is about you know the evolution of art and maybe is concerned that it is going in a direction that is quite literally plastic um some would say unhealthy uh yes um, and
0: the consumers and you know and and that
2: consumers are children um Yeah. yeah
0: I've always said that's that. a lot
2: of spoilers, so yeah. I guess spoilers, but we're also being vague
1: about it. it, be we'll be, it. Yeah, like uh, I, have, I haven't seen it, uh,
2: though we'll try, we'll try not to spoil it for you then. Um, but like that was kind of wholly unsurprising to me, but also he does it in his own way, and it's you know, it's all allegorical enough that like I could be full of shit, and mm-hmm. you know, it could be. Entirely something else that's going right, on there. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Stewart is next level. She is yeah. so funny. Um, I've heard a horny lo-
1: mouse described as her. Horny, like yeah. a horny mouse.
2: Okay, it's like the way that I described it to a friend is like she's edging but with syllables. It's like her speech <laughs> rhythms in the movie are batshit. It's batshit and it's so funny. I have no idea how she did it, it feels like it might be an impression that she's had in her back pocket for a decade that, like, it kind of feels like she's trolling the, like, complaints that have dogged her for a long time and what her, like, speech patterns are like, and it is so funny. I mean, I don't, I I, I saw somebody compare compare it to like what Natalie Portman tries to do in her freak out performances. And it's, it's so distilled down to the voice that like, I couldn't even tell you what her physicality is in the movie. Yeah.
0: And the body language feels so anxious, but it's almost as though someone is doing an impression of Kristen Stewart. Um, Right. And I love how much how much commitment she has to the performance. I mean, everybody's is committed clearly, but I I think you can tell that whenever she gets to speak to Viggo Mortensen, it's like the energy has shifted in the room. Um, Mm -hmm. It's almost because like all their scenes are either in like this, this um, nightmarish production design or everybody is watching them. It feels like, so it's like, it's almost like she's almost being watched even though she is or isn't. Um, she has to like speak very quietly and like lean into to Vigo and by then the audience you have to like lean into her it's
2: it's crazy she's the MVP
0: um for me uh like Chris though I, I feel as though I need to see it again and um Kronenberg doesn't always work for me just just because of uh his constant like push and pull of like violence and performance and all these things that he's like going on this very monotone level with um uh, but mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. always think he's doing something interesting um and, you know, the movie is nonsense, but it's interesting how we can always make nonsense and like goofy scripts work so well. Like I just saw mm-hmm. Existence. Yes. I was, was just that? Say. Uh I don't I don't know what I just it feels like I had a dream for like ninety minutes. Um, and then I woke up, but it's it's like crazy. Um and yeah
1: i think these two movies are very
2: like spiritually kind of linked even though they couldn't be more different like their trajectory the most
1: common movie to this what
0: would you yeah well i I Um, also i haven't seen this one in many years but i would also say a dangerous method because that one's based on a play and this one isn't but it feels like it is
2: very talky both of them are very talky um i mean like this Sound in the way that it was talky in that there could be these long dialogue scenes where you truly can't track what the hell are these people talking about it is just like nonsense out of their mouth even though there is clear intention it did remind me of some of the stuff I liked about Maps to the Stars um, which isn't a movie that completely works to me but there is stuff that I really love in it Um yeah especially early on it's hard to get your bearings in this movie because of how dialogue heavy it is, and you can't really understand what they're talking about. Um, Especially like that first opening scene with Leia, not the opening scene, but the first scene for Leia Sadu and Viggo Mortensen together had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, Couldn't follow it. I was talking
1: about Leia. How is she in the film? She's
2: good. She's great.
1: She's all presence. I feel. Yeah, she's
0: she's just she just has to communicate so much with her body language. Um,
1: it feels and, like she's in every movie yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind she's of in the new dance in love too,
2: as well. I can't wait for that movie. Um, the uh, t- to me, Leia sadu is not someone. Uh, not to be mean, who I think is all that great, but I do think she kind of carried on in a lot of the Cronenberg tradition of, I, I don't know what, if he, if he sees something in performers and highlights that or pulls it out, or if he just pulls these like really strong performances out of performances, uh, performers who can be like pretty mid a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, but there she really is kind of a presence in this, and I do think that she, uh, uh, there is a lot to say for someone who can confidently deliver some of this like gobbledygook for lack of a better. Better word that helps you understand it. Um, yeah. Even when I was confused, it's like when you when you have someone who can confidently deliver uh, some of these things that Cronenberg is just like reams of whatever table setting. Um, th- there, there's also something valuable in this performance. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked her a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so, almost like he's table setting, but for nothing. Or it's like, mm-hmm. is this just? gobbledygook just to be there for sake for the sake of it or is this actually adding to the story and I think either way it's it's beneficial for me um just because if it's gobbledygook for nothing then it just adds to the mood and like the the tension um and I it takes a lot of
2: world building to get yeah. to what it's like ultimately trying to do too and she's tasked with i think a lot of that not even some of it's not even expositional um like she's just uh, talking
0: about what they're doing but in a very languid way where like mm-hmm. you're just stretching this out but it's just it just creates such a such a mood with with how she's rambling and also it's not like yeah like, there's no sporadic performances. I mean, it's Cronenberg, so it's, like, everybody is on the same level.
2: I am here but for yeah, the Scott Speedman back. renaissance. Yeah,
0: I, I was just gonna bring up Scott Speedman, yeah.
2: Scott <laughs> Speedman. He's, he's really, um, I mean, you know,
0: great, in, I think he's, like, genuinely really good in this, and an underrated, like, aspect that I don't know many people are shouting out. Uh, can't wait to see him in the new Lena Dunham movie.
2: Um, I am not one of the he like uh there that movie has its defenders i'm mm-hmm. fi- I, whatever with it but he in that movie is beyond it is next level it is uh, i i'm not i can't even spoil it for you but like he's the reason to watch the movie and he's maybe got 5 minutes of screen time it's
1: burnfall it, is in the
0: movie I don't know. yeah
2: Berenthal a pretty big part he's, in the he's lead. Like on the on second lead, right? I would maybe say so. I mean, the first half of the movie, absolutely. But mm-hmm. you know,
0: okay, yeah. I uh, was going to say no. I think Speedman, He has, he has this effect on the movie where, like, every time it cuts to him, it just like the movie gets like more tired because he's like exhausted and stressed, and <laughs> and he's like, you know, you get into like. I, again we don't want to say too much uh but you know like the chocolate bars it is like a big deal and and it's like you think that's the most important thing in the world just because of his affection for it um yeah it's it's cool to see though like i'm a big fan of the tv show felicity and um the, you know, it's, it's like wow speedman just came out, coming out of nowhere in 2022 uh, with these pretty big projects and... just
2: freaking it this year um <laughs> yeah David he's back, freaking though. Though. and Selena um, yeah. donna man it's so Ooh, good um
0: they, they looked like they had a great time shooting in greece yeah
2: so, I don't know. yeah uh, he he's uh he is in his weirdo era it's great um and i he's think he's sure also...
0: with that vincey movie right?
2: oh i didn't know about that mm-hmm. um it, he's it, it, again without spoiling stuff i think he's interestingly cast because you kind of sit up and pay attention when he's there and you you're not sure like what element he's really playing into and then ultimately what his function is is surprising so
0: yeah and, and the first scene with him in vigo is just like oh this is where the movie is going <laughs> like,
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: Oh my goodness! Um, I like, yeah, I I liked. I think it's it's like comfortably sitting in my top ten. I just don't know where.
2: Can I also say too? My my big takeaway from the movie, uh, in terms of what I loved, and I thought of this because you brought up the ear guy and like neons marketing now is like you can buy this attachable ear for your body whatever I'm like don't give me this useless merch all i want is howard shore's score on spotify that's all i want it's amazing howard shore's score
0: is amazing
2: is so good
0: i don't get it i'm not a howard
2: shore guy because i'm not a like lord of the rings guy either yeah. but and, and like my favorite shore stuff is howard, howard Sh-
0: too, is cool.
2: yeah. yeah my favorite howard shore stuff is david cronenberg um okay. and this is right up at the top with my favorite uh shore cronenberg collaborations it's yeah. so fantastic
1: yeah howard shore looks exactly like you think he looks i just google i'm like yeah that, that that's howard shore exactly I mean, like, yeah. That's like yeah. if if someone's lit, put a gun to your head, who do you think Howard Shore looks like? I'm like this guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It looks Glasses. like somebody
0: sketched out David Cronenberg by memory.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's
0: funny. And their
2: only memory of David Cronenberg is David Cronenberg on Star Trek.
0: <laughs> that's hysterical. Yeah, but it's like a Star Trek commercial. They didn't even watch the episode. Right, right. Or like stills. Like
1: anyway.
0: <sighs> Are, is well, Brandon
1: coming out with a movie this year? Yeah, yeah. It,
0: There was that rumor that Brandon's movie is also gonna be a can, which is
1: funny. I'm I now what him, I, I now want all the comparisons, like who's but be- what movie was better this year, David or oh My Brandon? God, don't
0: put them against each other for no reason. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't tear the family apart. Yeah, come on. Like them, huh? <laughs>
1: what What if there is another like? What, I mean, this won't happen, but like, what if it's the Catherine Bigelow James Cameron thing for like oh the two thousand nine Oscars? Like, who's gonna win, Brandon or David? <laughs> Brandon or David? That'd be really fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Listen, I would just be happy to be in an Oscar season that has uh potential for david cronenberg to win that would be yeah, so cool right.
0: um <laughs> i don't know what, what the will, hell I else mean, would we... have to right. fail
2: or you know the establishment to just suddenly love this movie david cronenberg I mean, taking almost...
1: over the academy is the only thing that could do it, is it him right, absolutely
2: it's a coup. he should host
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> i mean we haven't covered it yet but i think once we do cover little women we'll certainly talk about the almost best director lineup cons- uh, consisting of gerwig and Baumbeck. like that would have been fascinating
1: like, oh yeah the, uh, the right. other marriage um duo
0: yeah, that just been. like katie and jim
1: I, I know this is like a tired joke but when when is the daughter gonna start doing is it leah Cronenberg, the photographer like mm-hmm. She needs to get into the game now. You know, the bar has been set that, you know, gauntlet has been thrown. Let's get all the Cronenbergs into making movies now. Let's get all these Canadian, these weirdo Canadians, you know, in the film industry. I wonder if we can get Leah Cronenberg on the podcast. I feel like (laughs) that might be a thing. I don't know. She's not, I don't think she's big enough to be like, absolutely not.
0: Sure. Like in this instance, would Brandon and David be busy?
1: I mean, I'm, you know. Probably, I don't know what Brandon's Probably. doing, but I'm in. Yeah. I like Possessor a lot. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. that, I don't know if you guys are Possessor heads. No, I do. I do like Possessor.
2: Possessor is good. Uh, I love Andrea Risebro and I <laughs> I have issues with need, some, some of that movie, but I do like uh, I do like her performance quite a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, can she, at least cover
2: uh, I watched Fire Island this weekend. I loved mm-hmm. it. I was so happy to have. This kind of comedy again that just like yeah. great summer comedy with a high rewatch uh value that like it'll be the type of thing that it's like if you're watching a movie with your friends you can just throw it on and it's wonderful yeah um i, it I was loved, my favorite uh, of ways, so I'm, I'm very excited to get to it oh okay uh see yeah. it's this is probably my favorite andrew on film and I had some like limitations with the other ones that I am just like, it. it's just this one thing that's a snag, but it's a big snag for some of those other movies. But like, I loved this one and it's like, it's totally, you know, entertainment, entertaining comedy, but I do think it's, you know, the best version of it that it's going to be. Um, and it's like, it's just like one of the, it's a great comedy of like, you know, quotability factor rewatch factor i also like margaret show means so much to me i remember being far too young and probably like seven or eight years old watching her first hbo special um i love this movie Mm
0: -hmm. joel kim booster seems like a big name that people have been shouting a lot recently too
2: oh yeah and in terms of the austin adaptation of it all it's so smart. And I think um, just like cracking open her work for a lot of different possibilities, like it's maybe not as good as Clueless was, but it does the same thing Clueless did in terms of reopening her work for all these different types of interpretation.
1: Yeah, that's so cool i yeah it's, it's, it's so fucked up that fire island isn't in theaters i feel like that could have been one of those i mean comedies to really yeah. like hit
2: well and eh, i don't know it it, it it was always produced by searchlight with the intention of hulu when they produced right. the movie when they funded the movie that was the intention for it but like when the movie turned out well and like they've been sitting on the movie for a little while, like it finished post, I forget when, but it just feels like there's a lot, they're acquiring things and they're producing things with the intention of just putting it on Hulu, probably because Disney wants to boost up the Hulu profile, which fine, understandable, but they, they have these projects that, make sense for theatrical. Like, I would have loved to have seen this movie with a crowd because like, this movie would have totally fucking played to a crowd. Um, yeah. And then when they announced that Predator movie that's just going to be on Hulu, it's like, why are you doing that?
1: And it's not um, called Predator, it's called Prey for God knows what reason.
2: And the same thing is true of uh, Good Luck to You Leo Grand, which is really good, that's coming this it's month. Coming soon. Yeah. And they acquired that out of Sundance so like they bought it with the intention of doing that I just feel like when you have something that's I don't understand why there's not a redirection you know where they at least have some type of theatrical well look at the big Sick.
1: that was an Amazon film right that was an Amazon Mm -hmm. film that made I just looked it up 5 million budget made 50 mil at the box office. Like
0: That was a summer release 2017.
1: Exactly. And I was thinking, when's the last time this critically acclaimed of a romantic comedy was released? Because usually, like, this has been pretty beloved. I like
2: Fire Island more than I like The Big Sick. And, like, I, yeah, I mean, 50 million seems like something that could have...
0: Yeah, right. I mean, clearly Definitely. there were other obstacles in mind, but I remember people saying the same about Palm Springs, uh, that you bring up right. island. That's like just, Oh, I guess that's if another... Like, if circumstances yeah, were a... different, then...
1: Yeah. That's, like, one of the <clears throat> other... Like, because there's only been... You could count on your hand how many, like, real, like, critically acclaimed romantic comedies that are, like, made by an actual studio that have been, like, released, I feel like.
2: And I mean, to be, like, an actual, like, romantic comedy, like this movie looks incredible. <laughs> like right. Andrew on shot this movie so well. And it, it, it's, it, that's on top of it, just being like this type of crowd pleasing thing, like the type of comedy you want to see with the crowd, because when it has big laughs, it has huge fucking laughs. Yeah. Um, you want to see it in a theater because it looks gorgeous. It's yeah. it, his best looking movie. That's so cool. um, but oh, wait,
0: speaking of uh uh, people that we could realistically get on here. Bowen and Matt Rogers, like they, they they're the best. And I feel like that, you know, they would be a fun hang. but.
2: Yeah. I mean like, and, and it's cool seeing uh, the success of that whole team. However, the like s- comedic standout to me is Tomas Matos. They are incredible. Every, I, I found myself, not just every single one of Tomas's line readings are incredible but i just found myself looking at them in the background of shots because it's just gold constant gold being wrung out love tomas matos
0: waiting for guffman as well this weekend for the first time it's it's a christopher guess movie you know it's great i loved it you know it's it it, it's like what it's a great kind you know i'll just i just picked it because it's like another comedy that's just like so so well done and i was looking for a comedy um I think this one just, like, has such, like, a late 90s, like, you're just discovering a small town for the first time kind of energy to it, and everyone is very committed the whole the whole time, and, like, um, yeah, no, it's, like, all the jokes feel, like, so planned out, but they don't feel, like, too, like, tightened, and it's just, like, it feels, like, planned out and improvised at the same time, it's, mm-hmm. it's great, I mean, it's on Canopy right now, but. One um, of my words. Before... We go to another year. Let's learn about
2: Chris, though. How did you first get into film? Oh my God! Uh, Big question. It it sounds cheap, but probably basically birth. I mean, I
0: we can move on now. No, I'm just kidding.
2: (laughs) 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 It's baked into my DNA. But like, my family will tell you like the stories, uh, uh, and I hear the story often of like. When I was a kid, as soon as I was like speaking and reading and all of that, I would memorize the back of like the Little Mermaid VHS, whatever VHS's I could have, and I would just like rattle off. I, I remember I would memorize the copy, the blurb, or whatever. Did you see it in
0: 2004?
2: Uh, Little Mermaid? Oh, oh! I think
0: birth. Oh my
2: god! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was no! Trying, I was like my birth, not the motion picture birth. The motion picture birth. Uh, uh, anyone who wants to say that that is their like film, uh, oh uh whatever ignites you. Great answer. No, um. <laughs> oh
0: my
2: god. You uh, no. Like as a kid, age. I would. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, as early as I can remember. Um. Yeah, I would memorize the back of, like, VHS's. I would remember, like, running times of The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, etc., whatever. Um, Because I was obsessive. Um, (laughs) I mean, and I was also coming of, like, a certain age when you really start, like, uh, my good friend and co-host Joe Reed says, like, hunter-gatherer stage of, um, you know, your pop culture fandom. I hit I was turned twelve in nineteen ninety nine which was also Congratulations. thank you it was a major achievement mm-hmm. for me um, mm-hmm. and I had a cool dad who was like trying to foster my interests and such so it's like he took me to everything things that I shouldn't have seen like oh I was my gosh, talking,
0: thats the time to like have a cool dad
2: <laughs> I mean um amen uh I was just talking on my podcast. My dad took me to see Go when I was 12 yes. years old, um, which is insane. Um, I mean, like I didn't see everything. I didn't see Eyes Wide Shut in theaters, yeah. etc. But like I no, saw that, South Park no, yeah, in I'm theaters. Sure. Yes. Um, what I mean, I any number of inappropriate things. For I mean, I was a very mature 12 year old, and I would have told you <laughs> that at the time. Very earnestly, um, so it's like I also my coming of age. Did you
0: like run back to your seventh grade class and be like, there's this movie, you guys, being John. Netflix, <laughs> like, you have to. <laughs> I can imagine I mean... being like, very sophisticated for for like a middle schooler.
2: <laughs> well, it it was that that I was I hit that age when you know a lot in movies was happening, but I also got Netflix discs around that time. So, I will always remember my first Netflix disc was Todd Haynes' Safe, which is, like, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, And I was way too young to get, like, any of it, but it's, you know, it had an effect on me. And, you know, still obsessed with Todd Haynes. And, like, that was, that wouldn't have been my first Todd Haynes. My first Todd Haynes. Would it have been my first Todd Haynes, actually, now that I think about it? I know, I know it's the first movie I had from Netflix discs as a kid. okay, yeah,
0: yeah. I believe Safe came uh, before Velvet Goldmine, and I remember Velvet Goldmine was my first Todd Haynes, but I haven't seen that one in forever. Um,
2: Velvet Goldmine or Safe?
0: Yeah, Velvet Goldmine.
2: Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's that's one that you forget how good it is until you rewatch it, and how, like, I think even, especially today, Velvet Goldmine is even way fucking cooler than it probably mm-hmm. was then, because when we have movies like this, they're all, you know, I mean, Velvet Goldmine is essentially, it's a David Bowie, Iggy, pop movie but it's not those actual rock stars it's like what their persona the effect that they basically had on todd haynes or whoever the surrogate you know lead character is rather than well i'm gonna make a david bowie movie and that's that and we're gonna talk about the same bullet points that you can get on a wikipedia page and that's that's what we get those are the movies we get now
0: Mm -hmm. Except for Brett
2: Stock this year that I'm so excited for. (laughs)
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're going to watch David Bowie look at a star, a man in the stars and think, you know what? Maybe I could write a song called Starman. Uh, (laughs) No, but I, yeah. And it's sort of like, what's interesting that that you say about Villa Goldmine, you'll see him perfect that with I'm Not There, which I think is a masterpiece. It's even pushed
2: uh, in a further direction. Yeah, I love that movie.
0: Um, but no, and, and that movie, I think it sounds like the Charlie Rose meme right now, where it's like, we have Ewan McGregor, we have a Charlie Schmeier, so they're all there, you know, it's just like, uh, <laughs> but a lot, I mean, a lot of his movies are, uh, like that, like, Far From Heaven, just insane cast too, but, um, but no, you, you were mentioning, um, uh, you, you first got introduced to Netflix DVD with Safe, and then yeah. you, like, you saw Safe, and then, you were interested in more like things like that. You would say.
2: I mean, probably. I mean, I was kind of. I I, I really was kind of like spongy and just trying to take in whatever yeah. I could get. And it's like it's like you're branching off from like I was uh, religious with Entertainment Weekly, so it's like anything that even gets a mere mention, it's and it's peaks the like what the hell is that um type of thing so it's like i remember another netflix movie that i sh- sh- my dad should have paid attention to what i was putting on my queue i remember watching irreversible as a kid <laughs> and just being like I, all i knew was that it was controversial and it's said mm. right because i had a trailer where it's like
0: controversial like insane
2: growth yeah and, and i'm, I'm just, just watching it you know raised over as a child yeah. like well i mean i w- would have probably been a teenager at that yeah. point but still yeah. just like what the hell um so it's like i mean I, I i was also like within walking distance from a library as a kid so it's like i could go and just like get whatever that's usually when i watch like the finger quotes. Classics that you know your high school textbook will tell you are the classics, and um, absolutely, yeah. But as far as like stepping out into more experimental or more uh, you know, um, altruistic stuff would have happened, yeah, around that time. Um, I mean, by that point, I'd probably seen. All or most of the Kubricks. I'd like... What else would I... Yeah. Um, Obviously not Eyes Wide Shut at that point. But just because, like, not to sound, like, buzzwordy, but, like, I had access to that stuff. I had a dad who gave me yeah, a netflix subscription i had the library right there and it's like i just was kind of blessed with a curiosity and a ta- and like a really fluid taste that like i was willing to just watch different things yes yeah.
0: it sounds like all these things came together at just the right time where you're at the oh right have the, the accessibility and your hunter gatherer stage where you know it's, it's all these things that just came together like my netflix oh, yeah. thing was I, mean, I think clay as well was filmstruck And it's like, it just, that service Mm -hmm. came to me and I was realizing that I actually wanted to pay for a streaming service, um, as like silly as that sounds for like a teenager, because I had so many things that I had heard of, but I had never had the opportunity to find how to seek them out. Um, and, uh, you know, it just led me to like watching, I think we talked about this on uh, an episode from this year, but it's like, I saw like Paris, Texas and like, yeah like in the mood for love and like I, I don't know it's just like these these things where it's like I didn't know <laughs> movies could do that and, and it's just like film struck like changed my view of what movies could do so mm-hmm. I I love that you grew up in in like that 1999 early 2000s period too where it's like things that adults would usually see but then like once a like a teenager sees them, where it's like oh wow I didn't like like I'm now I feel like I'm an adult viewer you know it's like i'm above the the movies that are made for my age demographic
2: oh uh, well and like especially being a young uh homosexual male um it was a real time to be obsessed with actresses like so much of that like metastasizing in my brain it's a great time for that where it's like even some of the really bad movies, you know, you could get very hype about that because, I mean, like Nicole Kidman still has it now. And like there was an ebb and a flow, and she's like kind of back at that <laughs> status again. But like Julianne Moore was still doing Julianne Moore. Was that a really exciting time because she's still doing, you know, I mean, more daring stuff while hours? also I mean, doing Hannibal? Um, you bring up, yeah, too, this is, and you,
0: you think the hours, you know, it's,
2: like... yep. That's like the yeah huge movie for me. That was like uh, the 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 hours was like this is like gonna grow wrinkles in my brain. It's like yeah, I, I don't yeah, know, I know if the there's there. anything as formative for me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. To go back a little bit, you were talking about how if Entertainment Weekly was your religion. You would like any that they mentioned a movie, you're like, all right, check, all right, I'll put that on the list. Right, is that more just to be like, did you think those movies would be good? Did you just want to be, like, in the conversation? Did you just want to know, like, what you wanted to be involved in the zeitgeist of things?
2: I mean, I've never really thought of, like, I mean, like, nobody was talking to me about these movies right. when I was a kid. So it wasn't really, like, okay. a zeitgeist thing. And I think that's always, like, pushed me in a direction of, kind of only giving a shit about what I give a shit about, which is can right. be a lot of things, but, like, if it's not the one thing, then it's gonna be hard for me to care. Um But, uh, no, it, that it forms was, and, too, like,
0: yeah. huh? That forms your taste as well, I would assume. Yeah, kind of, and it's no, not no, no, like no. I
2: wasn't caring about uh like what well, we mentioned earlier, National Treasure. I, I like that movie. Um But, like, Not just because it was there was I interested, but like, I mean, when I say it's my religion, you know, you would read that cover to cover multiple times, probably. Um, And, uh, you you know, it it was in a way like this kind of microcosm of what we have on the Internet now where there's so or even just a Twitter feed. You know, that's why they struggle to stay in business, because, you know, you can find all of that. And you can learn about new stuff just from scrolling your timeline, um, right. whereas sometimes this would be the first place someone like me could hear of something like that. Excellent. When was
1: the yeah. first time you watched Another Year?
5: you hungry? I'm starving.
3: Hello. We're very lucky.
5: Yeah, you are. But you deserve it. You're both such lovely people.
3: Mum,
4: Dad,
6: this is Katie. Hello.
5: This is Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Tom and Jerry, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you, Tom. Ah, Buenos Aires. Yeah, cos I thought that... Well, you went there, didn't you, the two of you, Argentina?
6: No, I didn't, no. Didn't you? Eat, drink, be merry.
5: It's lovely having your dinner cooked for you. You don't really bother when you're by yourself, do you? I don't, anyway. He was a good-looking man when he was young. Was he? Hmm. Life's not always kind, is it?
2: watched it in the theater while I was in college um, in a smaller market than I'm in now so I would have saw it late in its theatrical run because it took longer for stuff to get there I probably was the only person or one of two people in uh, this small art house that I used to go to Um, I loved it immediately I was already very very hyped for Leslie Manville and hyped for her being like robbed or whatever. I couldn't tell you if I would have seen it before the Oscars or not, but definitely late in the run.
1: Um, Were you already a big fan of Leslie Manville?
2: No, not Leslie Manville. It was just mostly the hype around her performance. I'd already seen Mike Lee stuff. And I remember in high school not really liking Vera Drake all that much because... Uh, this was me as a dumb uh, teenager in my mind trying to cancel Mike Lee because the stunt of surprising Amelda Staunton with, uh, you know, the, the cops showing up when she didn't know that that was going to happen. That in my mind was so cruel and an right, awful thing right, to do right. to an actor and you shouldn't right. put somebody through that that they didn't sign up for. Whatever. It's a movie. It's fine um and i like that movie a lot more now and i'd this was this before happy go lucky or after happy go lucky because i would have seen it in the same art house after okay so yes i would have i would have seen happy go lucky too
0: and uh, that's
2: what i thought because happy go lucky is the same year as the dark knight yes um because those are the two big Oscar snuffs that year. The Dark Knight and Sally Hawkins. Yeah, right. um, also famously, the Dark Knight and Happy-Go-Lucky are very similar because Sally Hawkins looks at Eddie Marsan and says, I am Batman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, though Happy-Go-Lucky, Happy-Go-Lucky is almost to me like the definitive Mike Lee movie. Um, in that it's like, it's a character study, but it's also this kind of like essay on this niche thing about life because it's like happy-go-lucky is about how hard it is to be an optimist in a realist world or in Absolutely. a nihilist world, you know? Um, yeah. and like the character of it is this, you know, extreme optimist, you know, and, and even Mars she gets challenged like,
0: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, the Martian character is just like, you know, n- mm-hmm. nihilism, depression, incarnate, you know, it's also extreme, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um, and Another Year is mm-hmm. kind of of a piece with it, but it's also, I don't, it's so much more expansive. It's so harder to pinpoint down onto the one thing it's about, and I think that, that's you know kind of by design it's not necessarily a movie with this self-evident thesis um and that's one of the reasons it's probably my favorite mike lee movie um i love it so much it's interesting and and i'm glad that like coming on here to talk about it here where you talk about uh, the first time you'd watched it like I wouldn't say I, I would say like I could talk about it. I could have like written a college paper on this movie at the time. Wouldn't be surprised if I actually did. Um, yeah. Because like there's, it's so rich. There's so much to talk about, but like, did I feel it myself? Um, yeah. No, That's like great. I, I, I loved it, but I didn't have a connection beyond, you know, you watch a thing and it makes you feel things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and like watching it now, remembering where I was when I first watched it, I was really kind of struck by, you know, this is just one of those movies. And like, I'm sure Mike Lee would look at me with both of his fists on his forehead um, over this because I'm only in my mid 30s. But it is a movie that as you age with it, it really yes. does become more personal because, uh, you know, and I also see get more out of the structure of the movie and the kind of which I think some people thought was too whimsical or obvious at the time but I actually feel like he's very kind of ambivalent about the passing of time um, in this movie that I kind of connected to really well um, this time and that it's just like doesn't mean anything it's just time passing
0: Has he done any stage work before? (laughs) Yeah he's in theater Mm And then transition into TV movies.
2: Those uh, themes and such register with me so much deeper now than it did then. And, like, again, I'm in my mid-30s. Mike Lee would slap me across the face for saying that. (laughs) Um, In a way that it's going to be an exciting movie to just keep revisiting. Um, And as, like, friend circles change and, you know... You grow, you fuck up. I read a lot of the letterbox logs of people that I follow are like, I relate to this too much. <laughs> and like, the degrees. To
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> right. The degrees to which I relate or don't relate, the degrees to which what about it is aspirational to me now. Because, like, mm-hmm. listen, Tom and Jerry's Instagram would totally pop off. Um,
0: <laughs> Their garden <laughs> would look fantastic.
2: The I mean, that they're like growing. their home, like it's one of those like magazine homes that's like, look how beautiful this is, but it's like they haven't cleaned in t- two months. It's like, but it right, looks great. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like un-
0: it's only a matter of time until it ends up on the cover of pot- Pottery Barn.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, I love it so much, and it's yeah. just like, I don't know, and, and it's. I think a lot of the, you know, observations about it could be so trite, but like when he, uh, I think this is what you get out of the Mike Lee process, right? Where he rehearses and rehearses and rehearses and rehearses for months because, you know, you can make a movie that's about the simplicity of life and it has so much depth to it that it does, that it isn't trite, you know? Um, there's that is a like you can watch that
0: is trite,
2: yeah yeah um, you can just like look at that shot of Jim Broadbent and Ruth Sheen sitting in their little hut with the rain and it's like what more can you want in TV? life than that and it's like it's because they developed the movie, these you know, characters and their lives together um,
1: absolutely how many times have you seen it <sighs>
2: I mean, probably like 10 times, a dozen times. It had been a while since I've seen it. Um, But yeah, so I haven't seen it in a few years because I definitely didn't watch it during the pandemic. That wouldn't have been a great choice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just one of those movies that I get caught by different things whenever I do watch it and... Different, move, different moments make me emotional. But the thing that I think stays consistent is I don't always know why. Um, I think it's just very easy to get away uh, or get caught up in a, a real kind of depth of feeling in this movie. Um, that rather than feeling like... You know something that's at arm's length. Mike Lee is really kind of enveloping in you, you in, and inviting you into that you can feel participatory in it oh, rather it's than, yeah, intimate. um, rather than something that's theoretical. You know that like right. purely, you we are just watching these people from a distance. Mm.
1: Yeah, um... and like you said, it. You know, there's something aspirational with it. There's also some people who are like, I relate too much with it. I mean, the film is kind of like for people, you know, our age, a little younger, a little older, um, but right before we hit like where Tom, Jerry, Mary, and Ken are, I mean, it shows like what our dreams and nightmares are. Our dream to be at that age is to be Tom and Jerry. Our nightmare is to be Ken and Mary is that, like, that's, that's like, what we're trying to avoid. And, you know, I feel like everyone, no matter kind of how old you are, if you have the... If you can... under, whenever Whatever age you can understand, the concept of aging and being middle age, the moment you understand that concept and the moment you can picture yourself in that era, the moment you're either dreading or you're just like, man, I hope I figure it out by then, or I hope it works out. I hope I can age gracefully. I hope I can be comfortable with who I am at that age. I hope I don't... You know, that kind of thing, where you don't feel mean you know a lot of our life in general is dreading or you know looking into the future and just worrying about what we if we can you know succeed uh no matter what age we are and to keep being emotionally healthy and all that kind of shit um so this film it's like with how natural and how like again intimate like they just don't like they don't show you anything like it's not they don't, like, have these big old speeches about what it means to be middle-aged or whatever. They just show you kind of, like, this is their life. This is how they feel. This is their – th- these are their issues. These are their, um, you know, strengths that you could see a glimmer of who they want to be. And then you see who they are. Um, it, it's all this – I don't know. It, it gets you in the – it makes you reflective, but also – Keeps your eye towards the future, um, in understanding that like, who am I going to be at that age? Who do I who do I want to be, and how can I avoid maybe uh, succumbing or like basically getting into the pit that Mary and Ken are? Um,
2: how how do I avoid becoming a Oh, right! What a how, fucking how, performance! How
1: happy are you
0: on a scale from one to ten? About a one. I don't, I don't know. How do we save you? <laughs> that, that generation is just like so far gone from from therapy. It's just so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, you know, compare Staunton from in here to Staunton and in, uh, in Vera Drake, where it's just like, to, I mean, from the few minutes that we see and then she leaves and then en- exits the movie or, oh, my God, comes and exits the movie. It, she she just has this this outlook on life where she just feels finished. She, she, she feels like she's completed it, but in a way that's like so unsatisfying. Yeah, that that that's just like that's a little short film right there. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, her yeah. two scenes are so like kind of wildly um, yeah. uh, performed, and that like you you forget about her obviously, right. but yeah. if by the time when you reach the movie and you're like at the end of the movie and you're like, oh yeah, and Tamelda Sutton, ah, uh, like um, <laughs> it's so. It's hard to You're pinpoint worried if a... Mary
0: is going to end up like
2: her. <laughs> I mean, Mary might not. You know, this is this is one thing that I thought about on this rewatch in terms of it being close to something conclusive or about a particular one idea. And I, I thought maybe, and like it makes the movie seem bleaker than it probably is. But I do think there's something to Michael, Mike, knee, Mike, ugh. Mike Lee's. I speak way too fast. I get caught up on my. He words. would be very upset with, with
0: you if you messed up his name.
2: Wait, I, right. If I called him Mike Knee again. Mike Mike Lee. Lee. No, I, um, uh, there's there's a thing about Mike, Mike Lee's approach. Yeah. Mike Mike Nichols directed this film. Are we? Uh, we were just talking about Mike Lee <laughs> yeah. for Ships and Giggles earlier, right? This is a Mike Nichols film. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, Absolutely. Good.
0: Elaine Good. worked on that uh, I think.
2: Exactly. Um, they were both supposed to be Tom and Jerry originally. Thought oh it was God. too much to... Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, Diane Keaton or whatever was Mary. Um, yeah. There's something about Mike Lee's approach, his touch with the material, that does... Uh, is more nonchalant like this is the way things are and less you know bleak or nihilistic about it but the thing that i was kind of caught up in is that i and maybe i thought that in this rewatch the empathy was more skewed towards the people like mary in it the people who are struggling in this movie versus tom and jerry who are the protagonist that the empathy is directed more towards them in that what mike lee is observing is that You know, they live by this thing of if you behave right, or if you treat people right, or if you're not a fucking mess all the time, you can just have a very simple, easy, measured life. And I think if you use that rubric against somebody like Mary, that's impossible. Mary's always going to be a mess. So, like... The central observation for me in this watch, maybe, is that like there's just probably people that are just the way they are wired are going to have a harder time having that kind of happy life, let alone like fi- Mary finding some like she's so bent on like trying to have a relationship with somebody she wants to somebody the point to where, yeah, she that becomes impossible. So that's her whole final breakdown in the winter section of the movie is she realized she's losing her friends too. And she truly has nobody. Um, she's not going to be able to find people to put up with that. And she, you know, it, it, and like, you know, there's just some of the, uh, 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 what's, what's the other character? It's not Ken the... Yeah, Jack. Whereas it's, it's like he's kind of an Eeyore, right? So it's like it's a lot to Why? ask somebody to put up with Eeyore all the time. Yeah.
0: Um, Could be Tom's brother you're thinking of.
2: Uh, it's... You know, it's it's kind of one of those things that it's like, well, they're very lucky that they have each other and that they can yeah. have that type of life, but like, there's just some people who are never going to have that because of who they are, and it's like Absolutely. it's a bleak thing to say, and it's a dark and maybe mm-hmm. mean thing to say, but it's none of those things when it's Mike Lee saying it, you know?
0: Yeah, it's so right. gen- it's it feels so genuine because Lee is writing this that it's a very fine line to. To have something that pragmatic, but also uh, very human, right? Um, I think Lee, aging as a writer, also like he just realizes that people's happiness is as constant as the weather changing. That right? that's yeah. Just like the, the earth goes around, and people's happiness sort of stay at the same axis. And I think Ken and Mary, you know, they'll they'll have their struggles, and they'll vent to Tom and Jerry, uh, which in, in, in scenes that are exactly what it, what it's like to hang out with a couple. When you are single, um, and they cook you dinner and feed you wine, but you still have nobody to talk to. And you know, it's and you know, that that those scenes when they have dinner together, there's just so much history there. Uh but I just I just adore those parts. And you feel as though that that, that it's old friends, but like something is still missing. Um I think Clay mentions earlier, like there's there's no operatic like shouting match between like mm-hmm. uh 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 jerry and and mary when it's like she crashes at at their place for the night or something like that. no one yells the thesis of the film where i think that's also where no one no one yells the thesis and i think lee is a smarter writer than that i think it's also goes to him aging aging as a writer we mentioned the term late period a lot on the show (laughs) right so it's (laughs) it's interesting that well this will we'll, we'll bring that up again that uh my favorite Lee is seeks, secrets and lies. And that's kind of like, whatever, like everyone's favorite is that one. But, but I think once you get to, um, the, the gathering in that movie, when Timmy's fall, he says, uh secrets, uh, secrets and lies, we're all in pain. Why can't we share our pain? Like that is I mean, that he's putting on the ball right there. And right. For me, there's no moment like that. And that's, what's so delicate. No one's like, roast.
1: It's like another year, right?
0: <laughs> Broadband <laughs> looks directly <laughs> down the barrel of the camera. Um, Clay put down his cards. I would like to put down my cards. I think during the lockdown, Mike Lee rose to my, one of my favorite directors ever.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, the Criterion
0: <laughs> Channel uh, put out an entire slate of his films. I think I saw all of them. A lot of them are They're still films. there. They're all. I was just gonna say. Uh, Meantime is still there. I caught up with that recently, and I just get it. I get what he's going for. I I think his movies are spectacular. They're just the complete package for me, and. Um, I remember like
1: watching you walking up to Mike Lee and be like, I get it. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I, I know
0: that was weird phrasing. Um, but no, 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 I, it, no.
1: Always... I, it, I, it's not, I've just, I've said, I've said that shit too, but I'm just now imagining like, I've, people say that all the time. I'm just now imagining people just like, you know, Mike, I get <laughs> I know. it. And then walk away.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, me saying that and Chris messing up his name, I mean, that's like the same like counterpoint, but I think, also it's, i'm
2: confused why are we still talking about mike lee when we're here to talk about a mike nichols movie
1: oh that's right that's right, that's right. <laughs> you can't really uh, say i get it to mike nichols because you know he's dead yeah, right, right. i got it we already
0: we already went to charlie <laughs> wilson's war you know, that was you know a long time ago mm-hmm.
1: you just go to but, the grave and you're like i got it yeah. mike <laughs> and then well, walk away yeah. uh
0: and yeah like i had seen uh before like i went through all his movies on criterion when they put out, like, a whole slate of them. I think I had seen How to Go Lucky and uh, Vera Drake, as I, like, was recommended them, uh, Vera Drake, knowing the backstory which we talked about, and was just, like, so impressed by the process and I wanted to see it unfold. Um, and, it's like, that that's what got me hooked. And then, um, yeah, I think this one, like, grows to my top three now. Uh, This is like a close two or three uh, with Life is Sweet just above, possibly. I don't dislike his period pieces, but he just does contemporary settings so well that by default, I think Vera Drake uh, and Mr. Turner fall by the wayside. I haven't seen Peterloo yet, but I'm, you know, we could cover it. So I just avoid.
2: I I gotta Uh, say, Peterloo, justice for Peterloo.
0: Right, there's a whole mess. I know, I know.
2: I mean, it, it wasn't treated fair. It wasn't treated fairly. It's one of those things where people shouldn't believe the whispers because, like, everybody knew it got rejected by Can, and then people decided that it meant that the movie was troubled or bad or whatever. It's a well, good movie. A it's not. It's an, yeah. and
0: and That's by the sad. way, we should also mention that uh, Peterloo was Amazon, and it's just like. Oh my God! They failed another movie. Like they just don't know it. Right. They just they give them like it. Just they don't do anything. But um, I think which it's funny they do bring up Can and uh, Peter Liu being rejected. That this is also a Can premiere. Um, I think a lot of people expect this to be a strong contender. Another for the year, pong. another year was premiere. Yeah, yep. it premiered a Can. Uh, it was the it, big
2: shocker that I Can that it didn't win anything.
0: Yep, yeah, it didn't win anything. Um, it, people expected it to because Secrets and Lies won the Pong. This lost to Uncle Boomy, which I just always find very which funny. is a great it's winner. The, it's a great winner, but I just, I, I can't get the image out of my head with
2: Tim,
0: Tim Burton being the camp president and just being like, that's it. <laughs> 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 but, you know,
1: uh, um, with, what was I going to say? Um, but yeah, love, love Mike Lee. I just, yeah.
2: Fondly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That and, can and, uh, though. You know, I think we
0: should also mention, like, putting us, at the time they were recording this, that the film at Lincoln Center is doing that retrospective in New York right now. And it's just, like, I thought it was a good time to, to do this, and as well as your passion for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wish I could be there to see them. And especially because he's doing Q&As for, like... I know, he's in person. I, yeah. I, I looked at that lineup, I was like, he's showing up a lot. Like... <laughs> I mean the, the hotel poor guy can't get financing maybe this'll do it I don't know um the this can though I remember following this can I remember following Ooh. this when it was at TIFF um, yeah. and this got like some of the best reviews at this can and it didn't win which is just like how it goes for cans sometimes because it's I think we obviously I mean, it's obviously
0: jury it's Christmas release I believe
2: uh yeah, I think it was late year and like when I saw it, you know, I was <laughs> I was at the closer to the bottom of the distribution food chain, so it took forever to see it. Mm. Um Yeah, I don't I, I I love this movie. I mean, we haven't really talked about Leslie Manville yet, but like I feel like it, it it's a shame because it's not the type of thing that people ever talk it's not the type of performances people ever talk about you know when their co-star is Leslie Manville doing what she has to do in this movie but Broadbent and Ruth Sheen are so fucking good in this movie I think Ruth Sheen especially and it's really hard to do to play that consistent of a person when you're dealing with a bunch of different types of conflict um I think about Ruth Sheen in the scene where they first meet the girlfriend, their son's girlfriend. Oh. And if it T- would, when you really pay attention, it's like there's kind of ebbs and flows to the scene of she can't decide if she likes Katie or not, but she's right. still putting on this great face because Katie also seems like a lot. But then the second that Mary shows up, it's like, oh yeah, Katie was a lot, but Mary's here now, and right. Mary's being They're rude as house. hell, so right. you get to watch Ruth Sheen kind of deal with that in the background, and be like, well wait, why are you being such an asshole? Maybe she actually is really nice. It it It's the type of thing that happens in a Mike Lee movie, where it's like, yeah. there's not usually this type of space yeah. um, for someone who is just a steady character, to actually have that much to play. Um, And it's like the, the two actual protagonists of the movie, it's part of the reason why there was the whole like Michigas around uh, Leslie Manville, not getting Oscar nominated because like, there's this whole idea, like, well, she can't be the lead, but then you would have people say, well, but they're not really leads. They're passive leads. So blah, 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 which is stupid. Um, and yeah, so it's like they ultimately get kind of screwed out of the conversation but I do think that they are She's in supporting, supporting. She's Yeah,
0: supporting. I think it's, I, I do I, I do think she, I would ultimately play her in supporting her as well um, and I think she's my favorite like, one of my favorite performances overall of 2010 It's it's almost this thing that Lee will do that it's uh, slowly becomes her movie that we expect it to be Tom and Jerry and then right. And morphs into her because, like, yeah, in that scene, you'll see uh, like invisible fires that Jerry will have to put out. Mm-hmm. When the second, um, she says Auntie Mary, and she's so uh, like, there's just so much to unpack with this with, with Manville and what she's doing because, like, she so desperately wants to be the age that Joe is right now. And she's only flirting. She also wants to fuck. Quote, Joe. Well, I know. I know yeah. That
2: scene, Here's I this, forgot I how long it is. It is so, it is like, it goes on forever. So fucking painful. Um, yeah. The scene with her and Joe. And you're right. It goes on forever. Not in a way that's like bad for the movie, mm-hmm. but is.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, yeah. And, like.
0: And, and, Mary doesn't. The scene should not
2: be shorter.
0: Um, um, I think she balances. I think Manville as well balances this level of awareness and unawareness in all social social situations. Because you know, Lee is like his writing is like all social situations where it's like barbecues, weddings, birthdays, uh, dinners. Like it's just these finals. these meetings uh, where people just have to force to get together and, um, they, in you know, you meet people that you don't want to look or look like meet with. And, uh, and she is so uncomfortable, um, with the, like when she's faced with, uh, talking to, um, uh, Jerry and she's, she's like asking those questions about Joe, but then like they start talking about Ken and it's like, she doesn't want to date somebody her own age because like she doesn't want to reflect the age and the 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 part of her life that she's at just to just to be with somebody else. it's she doesn't know what she wants, but also she has so many ideas going at the same time it's, it's she can really
1: really want to date Ken what's this like,
2: <laughs> well again the e the Eor thing he's a perfectly nice man, but it's just like... He has it's, a good it's heart, just, like Jerry says you know. yeah.
1: But it's interesting how harshly she judges him when it's like and she doesn't want to she doesn't want to think that I kind of have some of the similar problems that Ken does I don't really have any friends right uh, my entire happiness is like devoted I, I now remember wanted to say like way earlier but like um, I always forget how to pronounce her name but the girl who play, the sorry the girl the woman who plays Janet Amelda uh, uh, Staunton in the <laughs> beginning you know her whole idea is like i just need some sleep and then i'm golden mm-hmm. I you're gonna
0: give me the prescription quick. right it's that idea. Mm-hmm. right I it's just, like all of our, I, our I grandmothers Good night think sleep. this similar thing right it's, you
1: know, i need a good night of sleep and i am perfect that's all i need i can get back to equilibrium she's like basically putting all of, like putting all of her happiness in. like i'm just not sleeping enough um mary is like i need my friends i need jerry i need jerry if i don't have jerry then i'm ruined I, that's like you're you put so much onto this one thing that's not going to solve your problems. And Jerry, in both situations, you know, tells Mary and um, Janet that I'm not going to solve all your issues here. You have, I mean, or and I or I'm not going to solve. Sorry, the sleeping pill is not going to solve your depression. And me and Ma- Mary, I'm not going to solve your depression. You need like help, like actual help, and you need to go like understand what these issues are coming where they're coming from like you're not getting to the source of it this is a band-aid and it's not an effective band-aid either um it's like you you just put so you you just want to find that one thing you can just put everything onto like i just need sleep i just need friends and then you're then you feel like that then everything will solve itself or Mm -hmm. i just need this car uh, and then i'll be free like just putting so much weight and pressure onto a into one, one thing to kind of save your life mm-hmm. or save your happiness. She needs to be uh, small it's and ready.
2: Not that, Well, not that. and Mary doesn't. Alter, she doesn't realize this about herself. Like you mentioned earlier, the like push and pull of self awareness and a complete lack of it is what makes her such a fascinating character. She doesn't realize this about herself, but part of the reason why she can't connect to people is because she doesn't relate to people. She can't make herself relate that's part of the reason why she wants that friendship with tom and jerry because they're completely different people basically and they're super nice she can't put herself in a relationship where she might actually see a reflection of herself good or bad and that's part of the reason why she's so hostile towards ken is because like he's a fuck-up, she's a fuck-up. She doesn't want to acknowledge that part of herself that's a fuck-up, even though all she ever does is acknowledge how she fucks up. Um, Right. But, like, she can't have that that actual...
1: I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I'm not, you know, like, always trying to find that person who's kind of in a worse station. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. Even though it's actually kind of comparable
2: well and that's part of the reason why she like latches on to Joe is because he is so different from her and like to the point that like she can't see how utterly ridiculous and inappropriate it is that she's coming on to him um Jerry's a but, like
1: because I, I would kick her ass out almost <laughs> like you, you want to fuck my son no you're not coming around bye I, like, well, this isn't happening
0: I, I would, I, you know, we're talking about Joe and in the Joe relationship. I just want to say that Oliver Moulton, who's a few other, likely, just like nails the mannerisms with uh, Broadbent. You totally get like that's his, that's their gift. son. Like,
2: yeah, 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 brilliantly cast. Yeah. Uh, he's also super cute too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I, I back to that the the Joe Mary scene. He also, like, there's something interesting about Joe in that scene that it's, like, some of the time he's playing, you know, that he's just being nice or that he's, you know, being the, like, he, there there's interesting textures to that scene where it's, like, he's navigating it because he does, like, flirt back with her in some weird way, but it's, like, he's figuring out if he's gonna Flirt with her or not, um, and I, you know, it could that could have been pushed in such one direction with that scene in a way that makes it way less interesting and mm-hmm. makes it almost too far for Mary. Like it makes it her flirtation like worse or whatever. Yeah. Or um, uh, well, how how am I saying this? It, that. It could just turn her into this monster. And it's not like, well, he was flirting with her. It's not that. It's that, you know, it could have made her be lecherous rather than desperate. Um, yeah. And I think that that's pretty important.
0: I think if you ask Joe, he wouldn't have, like, a definitive answer to say he was flirting or he was just being kind to to one of his mom's friends. Um, right. Because I, I think... Mary wouldn't know how to reciprocate feelings if somebody else came onto her. She know, only knows how to flirt with other right. people. And that's I, I, that's a very specific kind of uh, banter to nail. I don't think Lee has nailed this with another character before. I think Mary is such a unique uh, creation. I think with all great directors, and you know, we've certainly touched on the subject before, that they just keep making the same movies, just, like, with slight variations, like, the tackle the same mm-hmm. themes and such. Uh, clearly, like, I think, I saw in an interview that uh, Leslie Manville uh, holds the record for the amount of Mike Lee that she's done with nine movies. Uh, so, you know, same themes, but also, like, same actors, like, literally in, in Mike Lee's movies. And it just, I think it, with that, you know, it just, like, keeps on carrying this Familiarity um, with uh, with his actors, and you know, even if they haven't been in too many, like Broadbent is like so famous for Life is Sweet, and then like ages twenty years or thirty years in this, and then it's just like you see him grow up. Like when I mean for me, like I've seen them, I've seen their movies in like relatively short time. I think summer twenty twenty, and it's it's just like kind of remarkable just to like see like Sheen, like go from this to, like all or nothing something like that. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> like you see them age, but it's like so graceful. And um and then like, you know, a few years later we'll we'll see Timothy Small like just capture this like man, this, this creative, like larger than life, this like I, I, anyway, the Mister turner, And uh, <laughs> yes, with this uh you see that people's happiness wanes on um tom and jerry's relationship not so much and they'll they'll just they won't have other people's unhappiness influence their own and yet like they'll you know have a glass of wine and then read their book and then turn out the light kiss each other and then like fall to sleep. and uh, they're like trying to listen to other people's problems then just like influences their own love for each other even more because then they can mm-hmm. um hold true to what they do have and not pity what they don't have
2: with the, uh, Mary and Ken. I mean, it, it, and, like, I think some of some of that, like, kind of walks into a trap of, like, again, like, Tom and Jerry being full characters. They're not just receptacles for everybody else's bullshit. Um, which, like, gives Leslie Manville something to actually play off of. There's something about the kind of constant support of stability that they have that almost makes her crazier by comparison. Right. It's, it's... it's
1: like how can you be this normal? How mm-hmm. how is this possible?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, like, if you're watching it with an eye of empathy towards Mary, makes those people kind of maddening. Um, but I mean, when you have Rushin doing it, it's like, well, of course, this is this is a very competent ants that you're Just, yeah, you're in. Yeah, she's and very and Ruchin... capable.
0: And Jim Broadbent, like, offer, like, different levels of um, of uh, receiving, the, like, what's happening in Mary's life, and, you know, Ruth Sheen is more comforting, while Jim Broadbent's more firm, and it's just, but neither, but neither of them are so interrogative, or uh, uh, too involved, it feels just very observational, you know, it's like that's, yeah, they're not yeah. it, it's the, it's the, they're the not cliche word that people call it
2: but they're also the not record. passive like, and you especially no, see that mostly in the winter mm-hmm. portion where right, uh, you right. have the funeral the but then also Mary's return mm-hmm. um,
0: it's such a different shift because like Dick Pope of course lights each season with like a different shade and, and it's just mm-hmm. like it, it adds such texture to the scene like you're you're used to these vibrant oranges in the uh, the barbecue and then once you get back from uh, Ronnie's wife's funeral. It's it's just like such a chilly mood. I, I adore that that feature.
2: And then you have I. Wanted to... I oh, go ahead. No, no, no oh, go, right, ahead. go ahead. I was I was gonna say uh, Leslie Manville when she shows up. I forget if she is actually wet, but the way that it is shot makes her seem right. like she is She's this like soaking. soaked, yeah, yeah. Like, like sewer rat or something yeah I know she's tiny. She's not a very big person she... on top of know, like know. you know, know her stature that she does <laughs> when she's it's, lying down so... on the
0: couch and she needs to just like rest for a bit it's it's so vulnerable in that conversation um, with with Ronnie uh, when she when they're having a smoke on the porch you feel as though like they haven't connected to another person in a while like they've and, and yeah it's it's that moment, uh, or it's those moments. Um, that um, I think Mike Lee does, does so well at, at every single one of his endings where it's like you'll see somebody have some sort of confession or there'll be a revelation and they just need a hug.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> at the end of the story, they just, they need to be embraced by, by the ones they love uh, and to see Mary really work for this apology Um I, I don't, yeah, there's nothing, you know. Um, there's, it's a lot to like, call it an apology. False. I think, I think it is. I I think it's.
2: It's the closest it's thing Jer- that, like. the closest
0: thing that she'll get, yeah, because it's like Jerry yeah. saying, like, well, yeah, I mean, well, they say it all there. There's no ambiguity, but she's saying, like, this is my family and you really hurt me, but ultimately they knew that the the hurt couldn't be permanent.
1: Um, and well, it's, just, it's
0: think... just Jerry's version of, of, of that, yeah.
1: I don't think Jerry was hurt. I think Jerry was, just like, I think she even says, I'm not even that upset with you. I'm just like, this. I, I just, the behavior was unacceptable. And I'm like, I have to protect my family. And I'm just like, I don't want that toxicity around us. Like, it's not even personal. It's just more of like, I, I can't have that behavior in my home. Um, and I think, and like Jerry says, I don't even. I don't even need you to apologize. I need you to take responsibility of your actions because that's something that she refuses to do. She refuses mm-hmm. to understand where that behavior comes from. She refuses to really take in account why she acts the way she does. And that's so many people. So many people make mistakes. I'm like, I'm sorry, and then move on. They don't really figure out how to fix it or figure out where those issues come from. They just move past it because they think if they apologize, game over. That's done. All set. The arc is completed. It's it's a work in progress. I think it's really. Funny um, I want to say game over. That's, that's right. <laughs> I do want to mention two things. Um, first, I was so I like I said earlier in the podcast, and I, I promise this is going to connect. I watched Out of Sight, uh, the Carl uh, Franklin Bill Paxson film, and uh, Bill uh, Paxton, what a false move? Oh, sorry, different
0: movie, but also a good movie.
2: <laughs> Great double feature idea, though. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say,
0: yeah.
1: Christ. <laughs> Um, I was like, man, you mentioned
0: sorry. you saw. I say, I don't remember.
1: <laughs> no, one false move. You're right. I don't. Okay. Um, but one false move, and Bill Paxton's character in that film, his nickname is Hurricane. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and he, you know, in the film, he is like, I don't know why people call me Hurricane, but they just did. And then you see why almost immediately because he mm-hmm. just jumps into like a conversation, set like talks a mile a minute and does everything, and just like he comes in, he comes in as a hurricane, then he goes out, like he is just this walking tornado um he he, is all frantic and straight to the business and has a million different things on his mind and then walks out in the middle of the conversation she mary is a hurricane to me it's very funny she's like she's a hurricane she comes in destroys everything and then walks out and then when i mean destroy i mean like she is just she just goes through like five different conversations she talks about how much of a mess she is she can't stop talking and she goes from like you know like f- five different topics in her head a mile a minute. It's it's really yeah she's like a hurricane. Um,
2: and then there's so, a baby yeah. she hasn't acknowledged yeah. for five the minutes.
1: Oh the baby I didn't even see. <laughs> <That's right.
0: laughs> How do you not see a fucking baby?
4: <laughs>
0: she's like right in front of her. Yeah. You know I mean it's it's cliche and it's it's like whatever because it's right there. But I mean it, it, is it that big of a draw to be like. Uh, Mary is represented by the car, right? She wants this car and she goes and gets it. And then like, it's all beaten up. She can't take care right, of it. Right, She's right, dinged right, it. Right. The tire pressure's off. Um, and that's her, and, you know, she has all these problems. She gets something. It just, I think it's, it. She the car represents her and her reactionary uh, uh, responsibilities. But just people can't own things sometimes also. And it's, it's the idea that- uh, uh, someone has, has to take accountability and they don't, but then that will just trickle down to, like, other actions.
1: Right. They're like... She needs to accept that maybe the car isn't worth it and maybe she needs to move on.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> She's just also not a driver. Some people are <laughs> just not drivers.
0: I mean, listen, the, the film before this, Have You Go Lucky, it's just uh, uh, <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the core, right? Where, uh, where yes, like, that, that also will tackle like the dichotomy of happiness and unhappiness but but then like you get Poppy literally trying to drive and like trying to go somewhere but, just, but the attitudes of, of being taught how to drive with him collide anyway so that's how to go second
1: thing <laughs> Um, I love 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 their jobs I know that's a weird <laughs> yeah. I love how Jerry is a the therapist and I love how Tom is geologist a geologist yeah no he's a geo a structural geologist or whatever his like all right i did calls <laughs> <laughs> but it like you guys were you know like jerry's match was like caring measured, like measured calm like very kind of like you know emotionally um intelligent person and tom is just like straight to the point just like i think he was a i think he was duplicitous shit Uh, like that idea of that when I'm I'm referencing the line when Mary talks about um one of the affairs she had with this guy and how like basically she asks, "Do you think he was a bad person?" He's like, "I think he was a duplicitous shit." Mm -hmm. Like, and also in the funeral when he says all these things about to Carl and you know, and Jerry has to be like Tom, and it I love. You know, I, obviously he created those characters before he ascribed jobs to them, but I I love it just when a job makes sense for a character, mm-hmm. uh, and it really connects to their personality and also helps with the dynamic. He is this, like, science, like, engineer, and she is this therapist, and how, like, even though they come from, like, kind of two different worlds and have two different, like, um, tracks of thinking, they still, like, it still works, because they're also both, both logical and uh, empathetic um and i just love 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 when that happens because i think those details sometimes get lost in a lot lesser film they just kind of like oh he's an architect oh she's a accountant or you know or she's a lawyer or whatever and it's like sometimes it doesn't really have to do anything with their characters it's just like a label that's just like oh you know what what's a job that a person yeah. has oh i guess uh you know structural engineer or yeah. whatever yeah well of course like that um, can
0: be applied to just about anything but especially here where you have like the expensive rehearsals that they will uh, apply and uh uh she and broadman are so comfortable in the uh the character's skin that there's an entire life led prior to the movie and an entire life of of doing their work um i love that they're yeah, alone
1: just, too yeah. they little conversations they you know mm-hmm. so it, mm-hmm. like you don't even you don't really they don't even begin they never begin or really end a conversation they just kind of have the middle of it
0: and i love that Dick so fingers on them after a conversation sometimes too where there's like a moment of silence and then like it'll cut it's, it, but I mean, there's it's
1: no beginning to... or end it's just yeah. like it's just, and the, it's like these three word answers like that was disappointing yeah it was that poor woman yeah i know it's just not, it's not like there's no like let's talk about mary or let's or, 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 or okay i guess we'll talk about this later or anything like that is she's it, they're so naturally like they're a married couple it's so natural in their um in their back and forth in their dialogue it all feels so just like of course you have known this person for god knows how many like 30 years or some shit you're gonna have you're not you don't need to talk that much to understand what the other is saying they're pretty simpatic or um uh, simpatico and you know you don't you don't need this whole like rigmarole of just like I think we should talk about my friend Mary. Sure. Okay. I think that was a great discussion. We'll talk later or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. delicious. Yeah, "Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was weird. All right. Uh, I love that Mary
0: and Ken both run upstairs to go to the bathroom when they arrive for their dinners. (laughs) 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 That's a nice detail. Yeah, yeah, they just know where it is.
2: (laughs) It's like Tom and Jerry live so far out that everyone has to pee the second they get there.
0: Yeah. Anytime, and of course, someone of Ken's and... builds, like you know, just like has to walk from the train and like you know, it's just a lot of standards. Chris,
1: anytime you say Tom and Jerry, I almost lose it because I know, I know they they talk. comment on it in the movie. It's, it's so fantastic, yeah. just like Katie. <laughs> <laughs> She's like Tom and Jerry this minute. <laughs> oh, we've we've learned to live with it
0: throughout the years, you know.
2: Yeah, it's yeah
1: god how well i I really want to know if mike was just like did he think about that later he's like oh it's tom and jerry and then he's like oh wait i didn't think about that i
2: wouldn't be surprised oh i 1000 percent think it was an accident
1: i
0: think so too and and because and i and i i'm sure of that because um he names the movies after they're they're done and i wouldn't be and i wonder if character names they're similar that they just like they're sprinkled on for you know like he already wrote the characters -hmm. yeah yeah exactly exactly and um You know, he calls Leslie Mandel like, do you want to be in the movie? And he can't tell the actors about anything, what the movie is, because he he doesn't know. And Mm -hmm. he just, like, Uh, I think he probably knows, like, there's going to be a funeral, there's going to be a barbecue, there's going
1: to be a
0: garden. Yeah, there's, but just, like, what uh, the actual scenes are, I just think his process is brilliant. It's, Mm -hmm. It's very, very specific, but...
6: Did you know? Because obviously, there's no script at the beginning. How big this role is? Because people, I mean, there is. I mean, look away now. Oscar talk. There are you know, <laughs> there are a lot of people who are saying very very big things, not just about the film, but about your role in the film. How is that presented it should, Why- be, it should be said that 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 all that began at Cannes. As soon as the film was seen at Cannes, I mean, it, it, immediately people have been talking about awards. So that has been going on for a while. But so at what stage do you realise quite how big Mary is in this film?
5: Well, I mean, when when you first start on the film, Mike just literally rings you up and says, do you want to be in the film? And it's either yes or no. I mean, he can't tell you anything about it because there isn't anything to tell. Because believe it or not, we really do start with nothing. I mean, I think he has ideas and notions and themes, but he, he can't say to me, do you want to come and play this great character called Mary, who's a lonely alcoholic? Because The pair of us haven't created her, and that's what we do in the first place. We work one to one, and we over a long time, and we don't do it in three days. We had 18 weeks on another year before the cameras came. So, in that time, that's a lot of
6: rehearsal time, is it, or is that fairly standard for, for, for a Mike Lee film?
5: That's sort of standard now. I mean, when I started making films with him in the early 80s, and the first one I did was for the BBC, in fact, called Grown Ups, that was much shorter amount of time. But now that he makes um, cinema films, there's a bit longer. But it's not a long time when you think you start with nothing. I mean, you you know, you were talking to your previous guest who was about writing something you know you can be you can be writing something for a year before you feel it's ready but you know we we do start with nothing we create the character and then he mike is the only person with the sort of overall vision of everything and he'll start to pool, bring characters together then you'll start to do improvisations and etc 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 and then you start to Mm. um determine what the dialogue's going to be and pin it down. We don't ever improvise on camera, which is another myth. I think people think we just sort of start improvising and roll the cameras and see what happens, but it's more structured than that.
6: I I have asked Knightley to explain this process to me on several occasions and on several occasions he's done so and I have failed to completely comprehend it um, because it does seem to me that there's an element of alchemy and mystery and all this and I asked him about it again today and he said well the end, of, the bottom line of it is it's nobody else's business how we get to this point Let me, uh, the, <laughs> That's not um, a very helpful answer No, no I think what he meant was look, you know it's actually not explainable It's, it's. Uh, I, think,
5: I think the crucial thing is it's quite hard to explain it without it sounding a bit precious and a bit arty party and you know You you and without having a quite a long time to describe it. Sure,
6: but is there there is a point whereby after your your improvisations, your workshops, you're talking through it, in which he will sit down and physically write a script or the script? No. So there's net.
5: No, no, by the time we are getting to the latter part of the rehearsals, we'll be doing master improvisations, like for example, the barbecue scene. I mean, we improvised a barbecue in real time with real food, not real drink, obviously, otherwise we'd all be legless, but... And, um, you know, that improvisation lasted five or six hours, you know, the real time that a barbecue would last. Um, And then out of that, the real end product that you see has been distilled from that. what was your question? I've gone. Uh,
6: what, does, at now. some point, there's a go. Okay, oh, fine. Yes, Very yes, good. Yes. Now no. shall I actually write down? Right. So yes, and no. so says so, this. What
5: happens is that um, just before we start to shoot, he will go away for a few days, and he will create a scenario of of the journey of the film. But it'll be as, and he'll then talk to us one to one about what our character's journey is, what what happens to them, what scenes they're going to be involved in. But it'll be as. It'll be one-liners. It'll be like scene one: Mary goes to visit Tom and Jerry. Scene two: Jerry's at work. You know, it's like it's as brief as that. And then we start structuring those scenes, and then we shoot, structure, shoot, structure. But it's never written down because um, the words that we say are the actors. The actors are improvising, so all the words that I say as Mary have come from me.
1: I now want Mary, about... she's just
0: such a fast drinker, though. Like I just, I, I'm so. Amazing.
1: She can't
2: stop moving. Of course she's a faster girl. <laughs> yeah, no, She's it's a hurricane. Right <laughs> she's a hurricane.
1: Right, 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 right. Um
2: I- It's interesting <laughs> because like she is so all over the place. Manic st- does not stop moving. But Leslie Manville, on top of having this very uh like in- internalized performance, doesn't ever her feel ticky like the amount of like hand movements she even does feel like playing it, so it like with could... her
0: hair yeah
2: yeah. uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah. Her, her constant little strings of hair her like what was it was she wearing like a juicy couture like velour run suit that to that but it's so it. funny it's like
0: I know I mean really it's like she's dressing to like a decade or two younger than she actually is and right it's very it's very sad it, it's not unhealthy to me i think it's i think she just is so desperate and scared of, of aging and <clears throat> i think her and jerry are, are the same age and
2: well and some of it it felt like the way that she's costumed is almost accidental right like Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that way that she's not sure about anything has no conviction of her own. She needs somebody else's conviction to like think or believe something. Like you mentioned the boyfriend earlier, if uh, she feels like the type of person who just wanders into a shop and needs like a sales associate to tell her what to wear, and like somebody just like throws things on her body. And it's like she probably walked into like a Victoria's Secret pink store and was like, "Was this cute? Do you think this is cute? I guess it's cute." And then she shows yeah, up at yeah, the barbecue in this crazy outfit. But it's almost
0: like like multiple people are dressing her. Like it wasn't one stylist.
2: Yeah, in the dark. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it, it's 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 perfectly chosen. It's brilliant. It's so informative it's of awful. the character. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh! I do now want to talk about my favorite performance in the film, and I don't know if Please. that's a hot take or not. Ooh. And that's David I, Bradley. Yeah. Well, we started. The episode,
0: I, you
1: know, of course. am obsessed with his performance as Ronnie in this film. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Uh, one, it's insanely like I don't know if harrowing is the right word, but like it's super, no, I think uh, I, I think it's
0: it's totally harrowing because it's like I, I think this is one of the most sobering. Uh, sequences and any of Lee's work, um, and I think when you know, obviously we, we mentioned Dick Pope shooting the movie with different shades to represent the different seasons. But when he enters the movie, uh, uh, the the movie shifts and it's like the temperature of the movie is uh, uh, decreases. If you were to be in this movie, Clay, I do think you would play Carl because like that's totally uh, damn. If you're, if you're, I'm not that <laughs> big of an teasing. asshole. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah.
1: I at yeah. first thought at first I, just with his whole That doesn't I'm mean like, you are just a... means you would play that character. No so. I understand that. No, uh yeah, no, I, yeah, at yeah, first with his getup, I'm like, is he a skinhead? I was so yeah. concerned yeah. at first. Like is this, yeah. right? is this the moment where they bring in a neo Nazi into the film? Mm. And I'm like, Jesus. Right. Um a, a worse but... movie would do that, I guess.
2: <laughs> Mary <laughs> Shows up to the next party talking about NFTs and, right, uh, right. you know,
0: so I just the spouting people,
2: conspiracy right? theories. Do not give Mary a Facebook. Oh. <laughs> she will be radicalized in <laughs> two days.
1: Like, you mentioned the color. I mean, like, the house that uh, Ronnie lives in... And maybe this is just memory, like because you know how when you picture a film that you watched, the emotion of the film or the tone of it can change what color it actually is, or kind of how it's filmed. Mm -hmm. Like you can, if you're if if you're remembering a really dark scene and sense of like tone and like really soulful and something, you might imagine that the scene is much darker, darkly lit than it is. Um. So that's kind of how I remember the anytime we're in Ronnie's house, but it like it almost Mm -hmm. is. It feels like it's almost shot at, you know, like as the Lemony Snicket house in the fucking Jim Carrey movie, like that. Like the set that, was so.
2: chiseled out of a giant chunk of charcoal. Like that's yes. what that set is.
1: Yes, yes, um, and I just yeah, I love that. I love because one, it's I mean, it's you know, 101 on one filmmaking compare and contrast. Here's the happy home. Here's Tom and Jerry, the happy home, you know, full, filled with so much life and love. And here's Ronnie's home, filled with death and despair um but it's i don't know uh, all of that sequence works for me really well um i mean i just i think the term a thousand yard stare is quite old but it feels like it was invented after this movie at the moment (laughs) like it's just when you see david bradley stare in one space and there's a close-up you're just like the man is looking into the future like that stare is so fucking powerful he can see through the cosmos like, it is insane how, like, just pure, pure intensity of the stare mm-hmm. is.
0: Yeah, and also I think Mike Lee movies from the early 90s would cast a lot of people with David Bradley-esque features, and they would play a lot of um, uh, father figures, like the dad from Meantime, whose name I can't recall right now. Um, and Yeah, no, and it just, like, singles, like, um, such a level of authority, but also, like, in the case of David Riley, I think a a level of loss that's so insurmountable. And it goes against, uh, again, with the uh, Christian poll of of Lee's writing, um, that, like, with the unhappiness and the tragic loss of uh, Mary and Ronnie, when when they come in, you feel, like, such devastation. Yeah.
1: But it's, just conscious, too. It's interesting, because you're, like, at one point in the film, I feel like I'm wondering... It's, does he understand what's happening and like is he all there all that but he's mm. fully conscious he knows exactly yeah. what's happening in like his house but it's he is so lost that it, he just he doesn't is, know what his, to say his ans- yeah. exactly his answers yeah. are so short that you're i, just I, I to, mean like, just
0: you think about when uh, uh tom is like packing a suitcase and he's just like pajamas <laughs> like, puts right in <laughs> But,
1: but he's fully aware what's happening yeah. i mean he can answer questions he understands what people are saying it but it feels like he is just he's in another world And anytime mm. someone says something he just just brought back to this one it's like oh yeah this is reality yeah. um it's yeah it's it's so like it's devastating but also i don't know it's still funny in a way because mm. he because just a lot of the short answers are just like yeah nah ta just all those little things like can i actually have a beer um it it, do you want some tea got one (laughs) this yeah it's like one i mean obviously it's super mature it's one of just it's such a everything about it feels nuanced and mature in Mm -hmm. every depiction whether it's you know the idea of death middle age um you know uh fucking dating marriage romance all that shit Mm -hmm. um But it is also being able, but the thing is about being mature, there's maturity doesn't mean it's serious all the time. There's also a lot of laughter and like lightness to it. And a lot, you know, people not necessarily being so like, so sunken by despair. There's still like an air of like, I don't know. I think, you know, like people can still make little jokes or whatever and still have these conversations that are kind of light, even in depressing circumstances. And I think, the funeral stuff and, like, the wake stuff, it all just really works well in that area where, like, they can still have the conversations about, like, oh, yeah, the bakery or, you know, oh, I've lived by myself for a while. It gets better. Um, it doesn't feel so dark and sullen and just kind of uh, you yeah. know, again, just, like, in a pit of despair. It and it must be, like, Ronnie human. forgets
0: to, like, not be dark and sullen. <laughs> right. and, uh, and and then is the one to remind him that he doesn't have to be, only because his wife passed away. And I wouldn't I I can't recall if they mentioned this but maybe they had the the marriage similar to um to Tom and Jerry but even if it wasn't similar then that's that's just as as tragic as then they can then uh, Ronnie and his wife will never ha- have something to repair to to make it sound like they could be in a healthy relationship like Tom and
1: Jerry. Are. Everything revolving around David Bradley is so that's when I'm the most captivated, and I love the movie. I mean, I'm not saying all the other parts suck or whatever. I think it's... No, I think, him, I think you just, did say
0: that. I mentioned, I did you, you can that. rewind, and you did say
1: that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's actual video, there's uh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. um, recording evidence. You were recording I'm
1: just told so transformed yeah, we
0: record these, time. then we put them out to you know. For
1: I always time. forget about that part. Yeah. I, always, I feel like that's you
0: think we're just we're just yet. talking to each other, and that you know. yeah, right exactly, yeah. and we're just using this as a, a yeah. platform.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Every single one of his line deliveries, because mm-hmm. each yeah is different, each not <laughs> is different too. uh There's there's all he just has these slight variations that kind of inform, like he understands the context of what the conversation is, or the questions he asks, and also when he avoids answering a question. Do you want me mm. to come up with you for a few days? I can take a few days off of work and he just sips his tea. Like, he's he's blunt, but he's not cruel. Mm. Um, like, he still is empathetic and kind, but just in a way that is, is unique to him.
0: I think um, bluntness without the cruelness, you can also apply that to Tom. And Jerry has kind of I don't know about softened, but he, she's she's made him less um, sullen than than Ronnie right. is, and you can you can see the the mannerisms that both of them share, even if um, you know Ronnie has had a, a different life than than Tom, and he's like faced this unspeakable loss, and yeah, they're gonna like yeah, Tom and Jerry, they're gonna like die next to each other. <laughs>
2: simultaneously
0: no, of course of course yeah if they don't then something is is wrong but uh I also love Gary Gershon's score I listen to it a lot when I'm like doing assignments or anything it's underrated I love uh the less um, drinking the less thinking more drinking shirt on Ken when you, when he does <laughs> very, <laughs> <that's> very funny. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah oh my god but that I mean speak you know uh, we have that shirt um, Mary's outfits robin's apron i can we do some i mean i, I would love to have that <laughs>
2: oh know, no the that. tom's apron i i i i have wanted that for yeah. however long this movie's been out you know, close to 15 years for 12 it, years it, it is it is it, it is the finest uh garment of clothing it is wonderful um it is probably enhanced a million times over because it's Jim Broadbent wearing it. Um because it just looks uh, <laughs> uh Jerry definitely picked out this apron. Um
0: That was a that was a birthday gift.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> you can put barbecue and everyone's over. Yeah. And uh, uh you know, he has got that the shirt sleeve button down and the cargo shorts, like every performance in here is just I, I adore, um, I, I mean, really, it's, it, I guess, like, I have nothing to add to, like, my Klee performances, yeah. like, I adore all of them, and it's,
2: Every, um, everybody's amazing, um,
0: yeah. and, like, you get slight variations of, of the, of the consistently working actors, and nobody is
2: yeah, um, I mean, like, it, it's, it's not surprising that, like, you know, talk around the movie, kind of metastasized around Leslie Manville, though, because it is it is this, like, huge towering performance, that even though it is like, uh, when
0: you got to the award season that
2: was the uh, yeah, I mean, like, it probably started in Cannes, because I think that's one of the mm-hmm. things that were surprising that it didn't win anything, even though Juliette Binoche won this Best Actress Prize or Certified Copy, which, which offered, is yeah. a rad win it's, yeah, it's so nice. good um um, I should also I love sort of point movie. out before, if,
0: if I forget to mention that, uh, what's interesting about this one and like, it's weird development with its script. If, if like any Mike Lee, I mean, Mike Lee was up for Drake for original screenplay as well as this one. Um, mm-hmm. but this was the only Best Picture nominee for 2010 to be an original screenplay. Um, it's also the, uh, only non-best picture nominated film for any screenwriter uh, categories, which is super interesting.
1: They well, it should have obviously won um, mm-hmm. and nominated for best picture. Um, I do wi- I do wish that they. Like I think made lost one more to the movie, but...
2: Speech oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do wish
1: there was <laughs> one one more movie that he made with Tom and Jerry, but it was it's just them. No no real conflict. It's just them having dinner once in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that would be nice. Uh, I also yeah. want to shout out. Um, I don't is I, I don't. I think Mike doesn't isn't necessarily trying to portray Katie as a like a fun character, but I love her. I yeah. love everything she's like. Yeah. Karina, Karina Fernandez fucking Fernandez. rules, man. She's awesome. So she was
0: also in Happy go lucky as one of the other teachers uh, to Sally Hawkins. She's a flamenco friends. dancer and teacher. She, she's like I was just gonna say yeah, and uh, she's She's that yeah um i think with her it's it's almost like a girl like i'm
4: <laughs> yes
0: you just want someone to get along with your parents that's it well just I... someone
1: who is that charming and fun
0: <laughs> i love it i think thinking about that that dinner scene again where they go and surprise tom and jerry that's that's great too um i <laughs> uh, you can almost see the wheel spinning in mary's head where it's like maybe she used to be like that at that age um mm-hmm. and she's like seeing how she missed out on someone like like joe and she well she's a, a divorcee and and she'll you know let a partnership grow or go and...
1: um i i i just love her and i love yeah. joe um i i want to be joe uh <laughs> i think he's also i don't know i love that vibe you know he's you know he's not some like yeah. all really all successful dude <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but he's also not even, like, he's not, like, a model or anything. He's just a kind of regular guy who's just learned, who just knows to be charming and nice mm. and be interesting be good at conversation. I'm just, like, I, I don't know. I really, I really like him. And
0: because of, like, <laughs> Lee's delicate writing, they only uh, bring up, like, Joe's lack of a girlfriend so many times. But it's not, like, too touchy to it. It's more just, like, oh, well, how you doing with, like, getting the girlfriend? It's just, like, sort of that. That uh, that banter that that you
1: so come to expect with parents,
0: um, but, it's, right, but it's not it's laid not too thick.
1: Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I also love that in his childhood room he has a Che Guerrera uh, yeah. poster. <laughs> yeah. <right under laughs> Don't they comment on that? Social, socials king.
2: <laughs> Tells you uh, what type of rebellious he might have been, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Well, he
1: might even not, but, like, I don't know. Like, they don't really have, like, a real key into, like, their politics. But I, I don't know. It seems like uh, Tom and Jerry are pretty, you know, I, I think, I don't think they're Brexit people. I'll, I'll, that's what I'll say. I don't think they're... I mean,
2: Jerry like, works Fox in head. social services, so probably not.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and, and I believe, like... um
0: Leah's pretty good politics, too, because, like, even in his, in his earlier work, um, he'll comment on, like, oh, there's a lot of scenes that will comment on people, like, on one side of the desk and the other, and they want, and it's, like, especially in the meantime that they're looking for, like, employment, but then there's, like, one circumstance or another that that will, like, prevent, that will provide obstacles for them to get employment, or, um, you know, it's, it's just a lot of bureaucracy mm-hmm. and, and stuff, mm-hmm. but
1: then... Also speaking of the job, Joe, you know Joe's job is—it seems like a eviction, uh, or like a, like a, uh, a public works lawyer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it in Ingl- England, um, <laughs> but it's also it's operating the social services, but also a little more confrontational and, yeah. um, uh, like logic-based and like rule-based mm-hmm. uh so it's kind of it is kind of that merging of tom and jerry the social services helping pe- people aspect all the more like logistical logical, yeah, like by the numbers um and just all those details man it's just it, it really it's i don't absolute. know i love it it's just, so so good yeah I, I can understand why you've seen this 10 times because it's very <laughs> much like both those details and also just how fucking charming it all is i love the doctor uh who has the baby i think she is great mm-hmm. i love all her yeah. interaction michelle
0: austin's so good in this i i, I still don't <laughs> understand why i saw this during the pandemic but um it feels as though joe um has the kind of job that mike lee would want to make an entire movie out of like you would mm-hmm. watching this again we had the thought that Rusheen looked like Joey Duval and I was look, <laughs> that was sort kinda of Oh, I yeah. like remember, it's like,
1: wow, oh, it's it's crazy. Hope she's doing well. That's a great that's a great idea. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um is there anything else you want to say before we go to favorite scene and wrap this up? Uh, too much. I don't know.
0: There's I mean we
2: could stuff. probably pick it apart.
0: Yeah, right, like, right,
2: right, right, Constantly.
0: I guess like, I don't know, maybe it's just, like too broad of a question. Why do we think Likely can't get financing. Uh, it Seems to be like a few months ago we were. Uh,
2: the thing that makes it weird is, you know, a lot actually, of the European. You know, I just
0: thought of like, if you have anything more to say about this this movie's Oscar chances or like why it only ended up into screenplay. Sorry to like shift gears like that. But...
2: Oh no, no no no! I mean the the Leslie Manful thing didn't really finally become decisive that it they were going to push her in supporting until very late that year
0: like you would think maybe there could have been
2: something the the strategy was never firm until the very end um and I think part of that was because they thought BAFTA might think that she's the lead you know because they knew she was more familiar to uh the British Academy than she was to the American one at that time um it just wasn't handled well I don't think it was Sony Classics top priority mm-hmm. too. now they pretty much just like focus their efforts on one movie and it usually yeah. works for them um, or like, like maybe Parallel, two Parallel movies was, like, the right moment. right um, uh, and definitely the I think there was momentum from this movie and like two performances that couldn't be any more no. different so like as Phantom Thread was getting its momentum, People would be like, oh yeah, remember her mm-hmm. uh, another year performance and yeah. wildly She's different. Yeah, yeah it, listen, the movie <laughs> of the summer. It will the event that,
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> every, the event everyone is waiting for, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris only in theaters July 15th. I will see <laughs> you there. I am so excited. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's gonna be one of a kind. It's like I mean, when you
2: sit day and day. think about She's it, Mrs. Harris him really him. is going to Paris. <laughs> She's going.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna lean over to the person next to me and say, "She went to Paris." <laughs> 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 uh,
2: so excited for that movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really, it really came down to they kind of screwed over the strategy, and you know, if there was already. A category confusion for voters for you know a performer they were less familiar with. They should have just been decisive from the beginning.
0: Because so. you can absolutely see a, a version of this playing differently, where she does actually land in supporting actress, and then everybody complains further that she lost to uh, uh, the fighter. Um, Lisa, Mostly, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean Amy Adams is better than yeah, Melissa yeah, Leo. With but it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and I mean, 2010 the- is also a stacked year, so it's like it's harder for a movie like this to get ahead anyway. When it's like your fifth place is like Black Swan, which makes a hundred million dollars and is vaguely controversial, at least in a way that makes Blue Hairs clutch the pearls. And, you know, is a huge talking point. You know, it, it's hard for a movie like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I, I think it's hard for a movie like this. And, and um, it's sort of like, I think now it might be like a bigger, it, it might have a better chance um, since critics might have like a more of a voice uh, vocalizing like a movie's chances. Rather right. than just uh, other things getting to it first. And maybe since it had the long road from can to a Christmas release.
2: And as far as Mike Lee not getting financing, it's it's weird. I mean, you wonder if it's... I, again, I don't know how this works in Europe. But, like, is it maybe his age? Is it hard to get a movie insured at his age? His His movies take a long time because he has that... Rehearsal process baked into it. I think it's it, maybe it's less that, like, it's a less friendly environment to filmmakers who make movies in a very specific way that doesn't follow a certain rule book. And, like, Mike Lee's just not just going to take a job or submit to a rigid guideline of no. This is what your pre-production is. This is what production is. This is... He's not going to do that. Um, so it might be more of that. It is interesting though that it's felt like it was going to happen at X, Y, and Z um, financiers. And I do think it's interesting that you know European funding. And I'm a dumb dumb about this, but I do know at least enough to know that the idea of sing Single source funding, especially in Europe, is not going to exist. Like movies will be funded across a number of countries. Um, it, it's interesting that it's not working out for him in that regard.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I think on the one hand that it does seem very easy to just like like we mentioned, I think at the start of this, to give him ten million dollars and then like he'll get Spall, Allison Stedman, or whoever, and then just like cook something up. Uh, and and then yeah i think the fact that something fell through it could be lent to what you're talking about that uh people wanted to confine him but then he just would refuse and and just didn't want to make a fuss about uh getting to make something but then only to realize like he's gonna have to confine to what the studio would like when in fact at this moment we're like championing like filmmaker freedom and all this but you know, it's like what he did make with his period projects and I think like what he really did want to make at this age uh, with, with Peter Wood and Mr. Turner and what we can talk about in the future. It's it's, it's nice that we have them, uh, you know, it's like we're covering all these things recently like um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo that have nothing to do with this. But also there are things that just didn't have the push and the momentum to get to get sequels made. It's a little bit like this that... Um, You just want like things to like be in the right place at the right time. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think for Mike Lee, it just, it just hasn't been, but yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. We're we're coming like recently off the news that um, Netflix doesn't want to do vanity projects and (laughs) whatever that means. And and their whole thing is like not looking great this year.
2: They want to make a billion billion red notices. notices.
0: I know. Yeah
2: well the, the other thing my thing about that they're is like
0: focused on oscars i think that's their, their
2: thing. they're not gonna make those movies um well but like a lot of the reason why people aren't happy with as a consumers with netflix right now is a the you know cutting people off if of you're sharing accounts whatever and they try to say that that's only happening in russia it's not um their prices went up and everybody is getting smart to the fact that they put out a lot of dog shit and you know at least that third part why are you making you know the decision you're making then why is that the plan if that's not going to make that one point is not going to make anyone any happier um yeah back to mike lee though the other thing is like we don't and maybe he doesn't either and that's part of the problem but like we don't know what it is that next movie he wants to make is because Mm -hmm. his most his two most recent movies are you know some of his largest scale productions too it could also be whatever he has in mind or planned it could be even bigger or Mm, something you know
0: yeah something bigger than peter and mr turner right um I, I think that's interesting too that he wasn't. He suddenly started doing these these two movies of period pieces, and then like um, Vera Drake and Topsy Turdy are pretty expensive, but then like those two, I, I think like they they were beloved, and then like yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's just interesting that it's like a studio can can look at Peterloo as like an anomaly. I think, but then yeah. look at everything else and realize like how critically successful and award season successful they can be.
2: Well, and you wonder what the overall perception is as far as the trajectory is. Because Mr. Turner, I don't know if was financially successful ultimately, but like the attitude around that movie when it was released was very much that it was dry and long and four or five people. Even though it was well-received, Oscar nomination, etc. Because just, is it just? The cinematography that was nominated for that movie, because Timothy Spall didn't get it. Oh, it could be. Um, um I forget, that, that... and I could be wrong about that, even. Um, and then Peter Lou is still seen as this like grand disappointment, uh, mm. which is unfortunate, and you know it's lost to the Amazon algorithm now. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. But... You were totally right, though. Turner, it got cinematography, costumes, score, oh, okay. and production design. Where it's just like all blue wine thing. That's a lot of
2: nominations um, for that movie.
0: Yeah, but still, um, it's like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, like I that. Still I don't waiting think
0: for like a Marion Jean Baptiste to like break through to actress <laughs> to like give him more freedom. But it's like, oh my gosh, like I, uh, yeah, it's, it just it just yeah. kind of sucks. But we do know this is the reality for um uh, for people like like Mike Lee to. To to have freedom, it looks like for for a few years there in the 2010s, uh, but then also like such expectations um, for for filmmakers to to finally like grab grab audiences like they once did. I mean, like yeah, we brought up Amazon a few times here, and I mean like they started out like 2015, 16, 17. Like they'll bring back like or, like what Stillman and Spike Lee and Jim Jarmusch, like, they gave them all this freedom and it's just, like, it kind of went nowhere. And they, they
2: those Well, those days are over because they've also had they, uh, a turnover.
0: Waterstruck, remember?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Annette is going to be probably the last one yeah. of these types of movies that. that they yeah, ever put out. Um...
1: Well, now they're putting 5,000 million bajillion uh, uh, Mm -hmm. dollars into the But on top of of that,
2: that, they're putting out just, maybe not just as much, but they're putting out a lot of stuff you've never heard of. And it's like they're just producing some stuff, putting it on their platform. Don't know if anybody, you know, watches it but it's just sitting there you know
0: yeah i mean it's like it's like your netflix comments from earlier uh, it's better um, people will realize that netflix values um uh so much quantity but then that colliding that with um their anxiety over profile sharing and then the pandemic starts and all these other streaming services happen to come about and it's like you'll you'll have like your hbo's and and um and such. And, and it's just, I think it's all this colliding for for Netflix to like also having um, Mink and Power the Dog and all this like not be the success they want. So it's like all these things happening at once within the last few years. And it's just like, Michael, we have no room for you. Right. <laughs> I guess in my eyes, like that, all that happens.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the thing with Amazon though is like at least it's more quality. Like that's at least the thing with Amazon right now. It's like, it's, I think, because Netflix is just, no one it's all kind of garbage now like i don't know there's not like there's yeah. not many like, of the like shows when's their that last stranger things of i
0: mean like that's kind of on uh, top of mind because like that was such a big hit in the first season and those kids are like going in so many directions now and and that's ending well i know well, yeah, it's I still a big hit words, like, now but also it's ending soon um but they just don't have a tv show like that where they can just be like this is our next cultural movement
2: and even some of their bigger profile what stuff, the like The Crown, will be ending soon.
1: Yeah, I was just going to bring that up too. Apple TV seems like it's it's gunning for uh, the top because I think they're also doing the smart thing: is they they have a limited, like they don't greenlight everything, uh, even though they have probably more capital than Netflix to do it. Like they have insane amount of cash. They got Marty. They you know, like I think Netflix could have not been
0: like Marty. Do you want to make? Flower Moons with us, but then like he decided to go with Apple, and I wonder why Like maybe they give him a bigger budget or like, more freedom or
2: something like this. So I mean, that movie efficient. does have a huge budget. I think yeah. it's... It's like $20 it, million. It, yeah. Well, and partly it's through um, partnership with Paramount, and I think Paramount is able to give them the full theatrical um, push that even Netflix still... Do. It's, it's so weird. The way that Windows are working now that Netflix doesn't have, um, hasn't, you know, fostered better relationships with like AMC. Um, apparently, the rumors are they're trying to do some type of model for that for Knives Out, too.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing, Ryan. And that's, I think they're also looking at HBO Max, which has had success with this limited window thing. Um, and Disney's not going to go out of theaters anytime soon um well i guess i don't know maybe not with the marvel shit um but that's also kind of ex- that's existing and also unlimited window because things come on disney plus pretty uh pretty early so I, I it is interesting how it makes me kind of hopeful though because like you said like it, it streamers are now seeing like theaters as a way to kind of be like yeah we'll just put this in theaters for like five minutes and then we'll put it on our streaming service but i'm like at least that's Five more minutes than it was gonna be. I don't know. You know, it, it... Apple TV. I feel like is gonna definitely be in that early Amazon zone of quality filmmakers. Give them money and let them do what they do. And if that stays that way, who knows? But I also just think they're gonna take the smart approach and not green light every godforsaken thing like Netflix does. Um, and hopefully, they just kind of operate more in that zone um, and. But HBO Max, I think, with their, uh, and also like um, uh, the new guy, I forget who took, who's taking over Warner Brothers, but um, but basically him saying that we are committed to the theatrical experience. We're gonna have you know you we're gonna use HBO Max with our uh, mm-hmm. with the whole distribution platform, but we are committed to having. X amount of movies in theaters every year or whatever. So it's like I actually
0: have the the guy that takes over at Warner Brothers, Joe Reed. Is the name of the oh, oh. here. <laughs> <I know.
2: laughs> Another one, another one. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, and I, the the forty five day thing, it feels like you know, it's almost it's almost been pushing in a way that makes it easier for Netflix to do that because at this point, what is forty five days, and what is that forty five days anything but a benefit to them because it might allow some of these uh, non existent movies that they just dump it on exists. their platform to actually have a cultural impact. That's like
1: theaters do. They make movies exist. That's, like, a crazy I mean, like, idea. or is this
0: is this gonna be, like, any sort of consistency, or is it just gonna be a
1: special occasion for
0: Knives Out? Well, right. If it, if
1: it works the first time, then, oh, I don't see why they wouldn't. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's a yeah. litmus test, and so now Knives Out 2, I feel like, is gonna be a to, uh, you know, it, it's going to appease Ryan, it's and it's also going to be a good testing, uh, you know, a test to see if this could work. This could be their part of their future because and they've also been doing that. Haven't they been doing that with other movies too lately? Uh,
2: like, uh, I don't know about the window, but I think it's the window specifically that would uh, improve negotiations with a lot of the chains because right. I think. You know, when they're four walling things, or there's a few chains that are willing to, you know, show their stuff, it's like they have like two week exclusive exclusivity or one week exclusivity. You know, that's not, they, the chains don't want that. So it's like now that they have the window, I don't see how it's any different that you put, you contractually put the Batman in theaters knowing that 45 days after it opens, it's going to be on HBO Max. I, again, I am not a contracts lawyer. I don't understand how that's different if it's Knives Out 2 when it's on Netflix, you know, like. And,
1: and the thing with the And Batman, the chains know that they're, they're going to only...
2: get an audience from that Knives Out too,
1: Right. Well, that's the thing. Absolutely. Their most successful HBO premiere has been the Batman. And that was in theaters. Everyone had a chance to see it. But like you said, it gives the, the- being in theaters and creating buzz lets these movies exist. And when they exist, more people are likely to seek them out. And also, like, yeah. you know, it, it's it highlights them. But I remember, like, the Adam Project or some non existent Netflix movie was actually in theaters for a minute. Right. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, fun right now. To Mike Lee. <laughs> I know. <Right. laughs>
0: so we are going to start a GoFundMe for our favorite what? British filmmaker.
1: I bet Apple TV is probably, if he's looking, if a streamer is his only option, I would say that would. Those would those would be the guys, and I don't know if they're interested in that, and I don't know if he's interested in that. But it seems like out of all of the streamers, he has an option with. I mean, I guess HBO, but I don't know. Um, but like Apple TV feels like that could be something they could just have. Yeah. Like because yeah. they cause the thing with Apple TV, there's just no back catalog. I mean, there's right. like no, they're not. They don't have like rights. They're just starting. To, like they don't exact, have it. Well, yet. they only like... have original content. They don't yeah. have. They don't it's have EG. the rights yeah. for like. They don't have T- TCM and, and DC. And right, 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 right. Yeah. So it's like, they're if, they're, if they're, it's purely their
0: catalog. Mike Lee, if you see a Venmo request, just accept it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, how about we go to favors team? What do we say? Let's do that. Yeah. Unless we have anything uh, else written down that we'd like to chat
1: out. No. I don't the write. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> write, so that's yeah. the issue.
0: <laughs> I just, uh, I guess for me, like my, my last thing is just the look that um when, when they're at dinner and um uh Mary says all the boys want me or something like that and then like the look that Tom shoots her. Like, <laughs> that's what the boys say. So <laughs> <laughs> Jim uh, comic is... timing. Jim Broadbent. You know, we I, I we didn't do much like actor dives in here, like the their careers in the twenty tens, but I, I think we did some uh, um, about Broadbent in our Paddington episode. Such a fatherly presence, but I have a favorite scene. Anybody else have one? I uh, think I have one I, I, have one I can ahead. pull out. Okay. Yeah, Chris, go first, please.
2: Um, I mean, it's going to sound weird, but I would say it's probably the Imelda Staunton opening scene. It's a different movie if you don't have that opening sequence that's so tight on her face and how it tells us how to watch the performances in the movie because she, all of her, you know, facial expressions are so minute and it's so, um, almost confrontational, the amount of, uh, like rage and despair that we are asked to immediately take in from this woman. Um, and then it's like a complete, The a lot of the movie from there on out is atypical to what we just watched, but it's really informative of what it is that we're watching. Um, and the type of people we're asked to consider, um, yeah, Imelda Staunton. It's like uh, you know, it's certainly not the most enjoyable scene in the movie. But when yeah. she leaves, it's like something you have to shake off. It's it's so palpable um, in a way that, like, uh, you know, it's a completely different movie if it's not there.
3: Yeah. So how long has this been going on for? I don't know. A few weeks? A long time? A year? I suppose so. The whole year? You've taken your time to come and see me, haven't you? You think it's going to stop, don't you? Right, I'm just going to take your blood pressure. Can you pop your arm on the desk for me? There you go. Please straighten it up and push up your sleeve. Are you dozing in the daytime? Five times. I just need something to help me sleep. I know. How much sleep are you getting at night? I'm not getting any, am I? That's the problem. That's why I'm here. I understand, sweetheart. Okay. It's just going to go tight. Have you got any particular worries at the moment? My financial problems... No I don't know, that's what to do with it. What about at home? How are things with husband? Okay, if you just lean forward for me and take a few deep breaths in through your mouth and again. Lovely and clear. Have you got any kids? Yes. Are you still at home with you? Son is. Works with his father. Daughter's left only see her when she wants something. And how about you? Have you started your menopause? Yes. Everything okay? Somebody give me some sleeping tablets? Maybe, but it might not solve your problem. Give me a night's sleep though, wouldn't it? How much alcohol are you drinking? I don't drink. My husband drinks. Is that a problem? No. Are you taking any drugs? Medication? How about coffee? Are you drinking a lot to keep awake? Coffee, yes. Tea? Yes. We might have to look at that, mightn't we? Okay. Your blood pressure is slightly raised, but I'm not overly concerned about that at the moment. But I do want you to have a blood test, just to check your thyroid. You can make an appointment at reception. All right? Yes. Now, I will give you something to help you sleep. But just enough for a week. What What's that? Insomnia isn't a disease. Sleeping tablets won't make it go away. We need to find the cause. Now, you're obviously anxious... And a little depressed. So I want you to come back and speak to our counsellor. What for? I think she'll be able to help you. you'll give me the prescription now? Yes. But will you see the counsellor? I think it will do you some good. You think about it for a moment.
0: And I think... It's just that, that very tangible, um, tragedy that people like Mary and, um, Janet, uh, have this unwillingness to accept change, even though you see like it's right in front of them.
1: Mine would be, uh, the Ronnie and Mary, uh, whole, um, sequence When she comes into the door and they're having a conversation with the tea Um, Because it it is really like Oh
5: It takes me back Did you ever smoke dope?
4: Tried it a few times
5: (laughs) We used to Me and my best friend Monica I not see her anymore Did you like the Beatles?
3: They were alright. I was more Elvis. Jerry Lee Lewis.
5: Yeah. I'm all shook up. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any children? Got a son. Is he married? I could come up and give you a hand if you like. Have you got to move? No. I could take a few days off work. the funeral. down to be towed away. They said it wasn't worth repairing. They gave me 20 quid for it.
3: That's not much.
5: No, what can you do with 20 quid? I bought myself a bottle of champagne.
1: ronnie is kind of mary's equalizer like she it's he is so he lacks so much energy and like bounce to him that she has to kind of come down to his level like she can't one she's also sad so she can't be her like her usual hurricane self but she also like but he just kind of mellows her out even more and just kind of keeps her like she, she kind of feeds off of his energy, and they're both pretty solemn. And she tries to kind of like burst out and try to like, incre- like you know, try to be that like kind of bouncy, friendly Mary. But he, and he's not like dismissive of her, but he is who he is. So he kind of, he'll, he'll respond, but he'll, but he won't really give her much energy to feed off of. Um, and I, I, and also, it's just really good. Um, Really good acting that I feel yeah. is I mean she's at her lowest point and you can see that and he is I assume at his lowest point, but he is still like trying to get Bradley's his,
0: always at a lowest point. I don't right. know if you can
1: tell, Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I don't know. I'm again I've already said he's my favorite performance in the movie. I'm transfixed by everything he does, um, whether it's just drinking tea or smoking a cigarette. Um, Or I think it was weed. I couldn't tell. Um, He rolled his own cigarettes. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, He is just. I love in the moment, like he's like, "Are you cold?" Like just so unaware of everything. Like he's like, "Are Mm. are you like?" It's. I don't know. It's 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 really really uh, fun. I mean, it's weird. Even though they're both pretty sad characters, it's still like a fun scene because Mm. one, you know, the dichotomy between them both, and two, um, it's just. They're, again, they're not talking about anything too serious. They're just kind of like bullshitting for a little bit, and just it doesn't
0: like, feel like that's the first time they're meeting, yet. Right? It is like they're just mm-hmm. oh, like you just opened the door up to her, and like this could be a stranger uh, for all he knows. Are, are you and I is our favorite performance, Manville?
2: Uh, I mean, it's hard to not be Manville, um, just yeah. because it's it is the thing. But I mean i for me. I love Ruth Sheen in this movie so I, yeah. much. Um, so I'll say uh, that's two. Those are my two favorite performances. I, I love that you chose that scene, though, because it's really hard to destabilize Mary, even it, it, to destabilize her chaos, if anything, because like, that's a freight train that's just going to keep on moving. Um and he so really shy. does. She does not know how to proceed as usual. Even though, like, she's at this broken place, you know, that's, again, that train's just gonna keep going. Um, but she, re- he really does destabilize her in a way that's, like, if it wasn't already so melancholy, it would be funnier than it is. And it's not not funny, but it's you know the version of the scene between the two of them that's way funnier, right yeah I,
0: I, yeah, I can't recall if i said this already uh, the movie ends with her like in a state of such confusion uh and in sadness but I, th- I think it is it is um it is hopeful in in how she just she realizes that she does um she doesn't fit with the family unit but also like She's so comfortable here that the comfortability needs to needs to last, and, and um, I don't know. I, I think that I think that Jerry did say something to her that got through, uh, and all we have to rely on that is Manville's performance. I, I, I think for me, it's it's the first time that Jerry and uh, uh, Mary have their wine together at the bar. Uh, <laughs> Do you know
5: Jerry? I've never been in a man who
0: could cook. Haven't you?
5: No do lots of other things <laughs> that doesn't get you fair. yeah it keeps a girl happy though <laughs> and you can't cook no well i can a bit but it's not really nothing no it's not oh no don't remind me about that jerry <laughs> you could put an ad in the paper chef wanted yeah chef stroke boyfriend required for gorgeous girl no mature woman with cat <laughs> no mature-ish we don't want to put them off do we <laughs> Oh, it's really lovely the way you and Tom do everything together.
3: We're very lucky.
5: Yeah, you are. But you deserve it. You're both such lovely people. Oh, oops, My halo's sleeping. Still... <laughs> <Yes>, Saint ain't Jerry. <laughs> no, but I'm really comfortable with where I am in my life. As you know, I've got my lovely little garden flat. I've got a good job. I've got my health, touch wood. I've got my independence. I've got anybody telling me what to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, 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 it's not all rosy. I have good days and bad days like everyone else, don't I? But, hey...
3: Are you going to do something about your garden
5: this oh, year? Oh, Jerry, no, don't remind me. I'm really guilty about that. I've, I've neglected yeah, it, haven't I? Yes, you have. Oh, but yesterday, I was just brushing my teeth and I looked out the window and I saw these two little daffodils peeping over the top of the grass. I must get it cut this year. You have to get yourself that lawnmower, Mary. Yeah, I know. Couldn't I just get a man in? It cost too much. Hmm gardener stroke chef stroke boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh but no i don't want to spend too much money at the moment because i'm gonna get myself a little car oh are you yeah i've decided it's about time it's a big step yeah i know it's exciting isn't it mm. but i've got a little bit of money not a lot but enough But it does mean I'm going to have to cut back on my, you know, shoes, clothes, jewellery, all my little knick-knacky things. But that's all right, because I've got loads of clothes, and my wardrobe isn't big enough. In fact, I'm not doing anything this weekend, so I'm going to get up really early, sort out all my winter clothes, put them into plastic bags, and shove them under the bed. Can I top you up? No, I'm going now, Mary. Oh, are you going to help me finish
3: the bottle? (laughs) No, really.
5: Oh, all right. Well, I think I'm going to stay for a little while. How's Joe? You have been this week? No, but I'm sure he's fine. Still not got a girlfriend? I have no idea. He must have something on the go. Good looking boy like him. <laughs> see you on Thursday. Oh, and you're coming for supper on Saturday. Oh, lovely. Thank you, Jerry. Give my love to that lovely Tom. I will. You take
4: care. Yeah,
0: it's so great. And, and she like and Jerry leaves to go home for dinner and she like stays and like finishes the bottle like their, their banter is fantastic. Like everything we need to know about that prey train of a character it's like right there in in her character introduction it's and I, I think it's so like toned down compared to like what we see for the rest of the, or, or well i guess i should take that back actually because like we we see her in the office and then we cut to them at the bar but but still it's like we we don't see her like rush in with like her purse and like you know uh smoking a cigarette like it's it's like <laughs> they're just like at, at the bar and just like in a booth um oh it's it's terrific yeah yeah but love 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 this movie cannot wait to do mr turner and peter lou in the future chris are those those only three movies of so the decade re- yeah 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 but the period oh. pieces will be fun to revisit chris thank you for being here this has been a thank you so much for having me this is a lot future. of fun yeah. yeah 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 um Tell the people where you can be found and what you have like working on and that stuff
2: uh i co-host the podcast this had oscar buzz uh we do failed awards uh movies uh you can find us wherever you find podcasts our twitter account is had underscore oscar underscore buzz and you can find me on twitter and Letterbox at chris v file well that's f-e-i-l
1: can i ask you a quick question real quick of course how wide how wide is your definition of failed oscar movies
2: I mean we're we're pretty like in depth with stuff it's and pretty... like we've we've both followed it so intensely that it's like we have good uh, like <laughs> memory and have kept track of stuff for years that we know the things that were either predicted or you know positioned for stuff um versus like you know you see the tweets forever where it's like, well, why didn't, why wasn't this movie uh, nominated for Oscars? And it'll be the Goonies. um, It's, you know, it's actual like, and the Wayback machine is our friend too. So it's like actual like things that were predicted or positioned. And that could be as far back as like pre-production to actual like festival releases when people, we're talking about it as like a buzzy thing because, like you know, things can create that type of conversation just by There's like the X, Y, and Z and person. With
0: the season. Yeah, yeah,
2: are I mean, like, making this do, like, movie, the... and then well, it gets like, the scheduled for wrap-up February wrap-up. and it's yeah. over.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the early wrap-ups are so true to like check in and see like what did and didn't happen with the previous year. I think. Yeah, we so do cool a class
2: do of every wrap-up. year. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hits and misses. Yeah. Were you, would you ever do something like The Last Jedi because it was the the Disney wanted to uh, get Mark and Daisy nominated?
2: Well, they the movies we do have to have zero nominations. So if there's any Oscar nomination, we won't do it.
1: Because like 2010 is
0: like when we've gotten so much good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like that's like when we get to our most current state of award season. Like you can, you you were, you guys were obviously like so involved like you can see it fail in real time rather than i'm sure like pre-21st century like what's like you just have to do like more research since you weren't tracking it
2: right
1: yeah do you do like would you how recent would you go like would you do the card counter
2: we we give it at least a year and um just because you know it's it, as soon as you're done with the uh, uh a ceremony, you just want to kind of toss all of that in the bin. Yes. Um, and it's like, it's not always going to be the most interesting thing to listen to if we're, like, right on top of stuff. Right, we right, do recent things, like...
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We, um, like, we broke the seal on 2020 movies because, like, we just do that annually and say that the seal is broken, but we haven't done another one since. Um, like, we one did that. day, like, in
0: a few years from now, like, The Last Duel is going to be, like, that's a whole mess.
2: <laughs> right, right. Okay. Uh, the last one. Um, what but yeah, what that'll you? be one that we can talk about.
1: Perfect. Jack, where can everyone find you?
0: <sighs> um, I am on Twitter at Jack A. Draper and have writing on film on uh, The Boston Hustle and The Simple Uh This movie is not available for stream right now. Had
1: to pay four bucks.
0: Maybe will be soon. Someone can do something. Uh, In
2: the meantime, support your local libraries.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say. And um, next time, Clay, I'm not sure if you know this, but the season of basketball is ending. And because of that, uh, we're we're doing a basketball movie called High Flying Bird. You haven't seen it. Good movie. You You don't know anything about it.
1: Right, of course, uh, I know nothing about it. Yeah, so it. you don't, I, I know, I know. So I don't know like that, that. Just, I don't remember that Reggie <laughs> Jackson and Carl Anthony Towns for me uh, have Listen, interviews and in that. I know you I don't know anything <laughs> about that.
0: You're making up names right now, and I understand you're a little intimidated. <laughs> it's certain territory, but Pollyama's going to be back for it. It'll be good, you know. Uh,
1: Jackson is the second.
0: Is that mean, oh, yeah, they're talking hours, about the NBA. I know, I know, like I know
1: uh but
0: it's our second time doing soda rig,
1: it'll be good so sody 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 um <laughs> steamboat soda yeah. everyone can follow me at birds of clay on twitter and on letterbox you can follow me on instagram at mr clay williams you can follow the podcast twitter account at ett pod you can send us an email at exiting through the 2010 at 10s at gmail.com i can't speak um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe give us 5 stars on any podcast platform you listen us on to, that would be greatly appreciated retweet, share with a friend anything you can do uh, stay safe, be good to yourself donate to an abortion fund if you can afford it, and as always we'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the 2010 <laughs>